It's wrong to criticize leaders of the church, even if the criticism is true. I have no doubt on the basis of what I have, have studied and learned that Mormons, including local leaders of our church, were prime movers in that terrible episode and participated in the killing. Some of them are a little darker, some of them have slant eyes. And you beautiful girls don't wander around looking like men. Put on a little lipstick now and then and look a little charming. It's that simple. And if they have a Catholic background, y si tienen un antecedentes católicos, they don't know who God is. No saben quién es Dios. They don't know who the Savior is. No saben quién es el Salvador. Nor do they know who the Holy Ghost is. Y no saben quién es el Espíritu Santo. And we know. Y nosotros who, who sí sabemos quiénes son. Because Joseph. Porque José. Knelt in the presence of the Father and the Son. Se arrodilló en la presencia del Padre y del Hijo. You're saying to them, bring your faith with you, right? Sure. You're not saying leave your Catholicism. I say this to other people. You, you develop all the good you can. We have no animosity toward any other church. We do not oppose other churches. We never speak negatively of other churches. We say to people, you bring all the good that you have and let us see if we can add to it. They all look alike. White shirts, some of them a little wrinkled. Ties, I look at you, I look at your faces, and think of your age, and I'm inclined to say, well, you're not much to look at, but you're all the Lord has. <laughs> Each of us has to face the matter. Either the church is true, or it is a fraud. There is no middle ground. It is the church and kingdom of God, or it is nothing. Less than a year ago, right here in Washington, D.C., my friend killed himself. He was Mormon and gay. You've gone on record saying that the church does not give apologies. Does religious freedom absolve you from responsibility in the gay Mormon suicide crisis? I think that's a question that will be answered in, on Judgment Day. I can't, uh, I can't answer that beyond what has already been said. Those things have to be judged by higher authority than exists on this earth. And I'm ready to be accountable to that authority. The rightness or wrongness of it, I'll be accountable to higher authority for that. That's the way I look on that one. And nobody is sadder about a case like that than, than I am. I hit my companion. Oh, is that all, I said in great relief. But I floored him, he said. After a little more uh, research into what had happened, my response was, well, thanks. Somebody had to do it, and it wouldn't... <laughs> and it wouldn't be well for a general authority to solve a problem in that way. Now, I'm not recommending that course to you, my young friends, but I'm not omitting it. You must... <laughs> <laughs> you, must 
You must protect yourselves. Some suppose that they were preset and cannot overcome what they feel are inborn tendencies toward the impure and the unnatural. Not so. Why would our Heavenly Father do that to anyone? We do not make an, a judgment about someone's attraction. We don't know why that attraction came that way. And if I haven't done well enough to teach it, shame on me. We are not passing judgment, but we're not, we're not making them second-class citizens. There are no homosexual members of the church. Marriage between a man and a woman is ordained of God. So we do not discriminate, and we are not bigots. My wife is afraid I'm going to hit her with a bottle of water. <laughs> to do family history. That's why I believe the computer came into existence. That's why God revealed, and it doesn't, you don't have to be a member of the church to have spiritual insight and promptings, the creation of that tool, com the computer. And as soon as that surfaces for the purposes of God, what does the, the devil do on the, on the left side? Oh, he said, you're going to play that game? I'm in it. <laughs> I'll put on the internet filth. I'll put on ugliness. I'll put on spiritual destructive images. We'll call it pornography. It'll be awful. And anybody that goes there, I'll capture them. Dear brethren, we have reviewed the report of the financial operations of the Corporation of the President of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. May each of us emulate the Prophet Joseph's great example. He taught the truth. He lived the truth. He shared the truth. Bravo! Some say that karma is a bitch. Some say that karma is a bitch. To the big show. It is awesome to be back, awesome to be here tonight. Uh, 
What can I say? It's my second night back since my hiatus, or uh, I guess you could call my... Oh, what do you want to call it? Uh, <laughs> anyway, my my little rest uh, from doing the show, but I've been very, very busy. But anyway, it is awesome to be back. Uh, welcome again. Uh, I'm just grateful to have everybody out there. Uh, it's amazing how many people are listening in the middle of the night. I haven't even advertised the show uh, that I'm back, so uh, it's a surprise for everyone who's out there listening. But anyway, uh, as always, we are being broadcast live from the, yes, the Vatican and Mecca Mormonism, Salt Lake City, unfortunately. Uh, you could call it the, uh, the cesspool of Mormonism, uh, because it really is. The cesspool of pyramid schemes, multi-level marketing, uh, whatever you want to call it, this is the place. This is the capital of the world. If you want to be robbed and have your money taken and in a scheme, you've come to the right place. Like Brigham Young said, this is the right place, or... Whatever it is they say he quoted now. Oh yeah, this is the place was, you know, what everyone always said, but I think it was actually, this is the right place. And that's like, yeah, for uh, depression, suicide, multi-level pyramid marketing schemes, uh, you know, fraud, lies, corruption. Hey, this is it. This is the right place you've come. Anyway, uh, so, but we are broadcast every night, thanks to the internet and TuneIn Radio. We're broadcast worldwide all across the globe to all 25 time zones around the world, which is really amazing, really remarkable that we can do this each and every night. Uh, and by the way, this is show number 333. So I, I went through today, and, and it's the best number I can come up with. I kind of lost track of what show we were on a while back. And from what I can see, we're about 333, so we'll go with that. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are currently hanging out or kicking it here on the planet we call Earth. All right, uh, now, the phone number that you want to call, if you have comments or questions, you know, each and every night, uh, the phone number that we use here for the show is 435-363-9665 or simply 435-36-XMO5. And you, again, call in with comments, questions, whatever you want. Now, if you want to be a part of the show, but you don't want to call in, and I understand if people don't want their voice out there, I totally get that. You can hit me up on Twitter, at uh, xmormon, E-X-M-O-R-M-O-N, or hashtag exmo, E-X-M-O-L-I-V-E. And I always try to read everybody's tweets live on the show, all right? So we have that, and then uh, we also have the Facebook group, Ex-Mormon Live. I'm Ex-Mormon Live on Skype, and also Ex-Mormon Live over on uh, Gmail, at gmail.com. If you guys want to send me a message, that's fine too. We can do that. And also, I do have a listener-only line where you can call in just to listen to the show by your cell phone if you don't have enough minutes or if uh, by chance uh, you know, you're not in an area that has data. Uh, I, I should have said if you don't have enough data um, or, you know, you're just not in a place with data or Wi-Fi. And you can always just call in to listen. There's no limitations anytime you want. The station's on 24-7, 365. So uh, I just break in to do the live show each night, Monday through Friday. So you can uh, call that number anytime at 605-562-8064. Okay. Again, 605-562-8064. All right, so 
here we are. Uh, always something to talk about. Sometimes, uh, well, usually not good. Um, but uh, one of the things that I've talked a lot about over the years is missionaries and missionary safety. And unfortunately, we had a missionary that died yesterday uh, in Australia. This probably uh, hits a little close to home there for Samson Avard, who lives over there. Um, anyway, it, it's, uh, it's sad, and I'm going to talk about that. Um, and a couple other things that are in the news I'm going to go over. Uh, last night we talked about the, uh, for those that missed the show, I'm going to be releasing both shows today, the one from last night, well, I guess yesterday morning and this morning. And then uh, each day I'm going to be releasing the shows for everyone to download. So I'm just getting that all set up and finalized here so we can do that. But yesterday's show is ready to go. I just have to upload it and then I'll uh, you know, get this show ready to go and we'll put both shows out there for you. But we talked about the Love Loud concert coming up, uh, basically what a, what a scam it is. Uh, you know I mean, hopefully they're helping people in the process, but at the same time creating a lot of confusion by accepting the help and support and the supposed support and help of Mormon Inc. Uh, you know, the very organization that's driving these kids to depression and suicide. It's really a tragic situation. Uh, I hope good comes of it, but I hope that there is an equal bad that comes from it, from the mixed message being sent by uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Reynolds, uh, R-E-N, well, Ren LDS, I call him, uh, because uh, apparently he still loves the church and wants to make it happen and wants to be, you know, having fun with the hierarchies and touch with them, and they're, like, apparently talking and hanging out, and they're so nice to him, and, uh, and he doesn't have a fucking clue because the doctrine hasn't changed, so... Uh, you know, that, that's where, you know, I would begin to believe that there was a change happening if the doctrine changed, and the doctrine ain't changing. So, again, you, you guys uh, have no fucking clue what you're doing. Uh, we also talked about the bogus $25,000 donation to Affirmation, which they asked for and received. And then we talked about the, uh, the vice president of Affirmation that actually quit, uh, resigned because of it. And uh, so I gave a good shout out to her. Um, uh, let's see her, uh, I just wanted to give her name, Kimberly Anderson, yeah, that resigned because of the donation, like, you know, again, here you have the hate organization, the bigots, the haters that created the gay hate doctrine, I mean, they've hated gays forever, but the official gay hate doctrine and you know, on November uh, 5th of 2015, and she's saying, hey, how can you possibly accept money to train us in suicide prevention when you're receiving it from the very organization that's still causing the suicides. Bingo! Oh my God, the light went on, I mean, for her, and I wish it would go on for many more people. I mean, there's a lot of people, clueless people out there that don't get it. So we talked all about that last night. I'll put that show out there for everyone so you can hear it a couple hours long. Uh, and then again, you know, each night I'm going to talk a little bit about things that are in the news that day. And uh, again, we are live, if anyone out there is wondering, this is actually live on the... Oh, yo, and it's Pioneer Day, by the way. I mean, how could I miss that, right? Where we celebrate the, uh, the arrival of the pioneers and, you know, how exciting. And, you know, let's not talk about the ones that died and suffered along the way. I mean, that's actually a, a testimony builder right there. You know, it's like, why would they have come out here if they didn't know it was true? How, what a blessing, they all died, you know, or so many died. Um, and so we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, I guess I should mention right now, since we're talking about Pioneer Day, that they have decided to cancel the 
the youth, and I didn't know this until a couple of days ago, but they they decided to cancel the youth Pioneer Parade, which I guess they always have it, uh, you know, a few days or almost a week before. Like, they had it this past Saturday, I believe, um, and they've been doing it for 80 years, and they've just decided to cancel it. And, and again, as I've said many times, there is a great consolidation going on here. You know, it started with Monson, and Nelson is accelerating it. I mean, come on. The signs are everywhere, folks. Uh, Nelson, you know, gets rid of high priests, basically. The high priest quorum, gone. Uh, the penishood session, you know, cut down to an hour and a half every six months when uh, Tommy Boy Monsoon was the prophet of fraud. And, and now, you know, and I thought, well, hmm, I wonder if they'll go back to two hours. Well, actually, they decided to make it every year, once a year, yearly, instead of every six months. So there, there goes that great family tradition, father, son, going to the penishood session, you know, just doesn't work out anymore. Honestly, I think the women had a lot to do with that. You know, they were always trying to get into the penis obsession. Kate Kelly and her group and uh, ordained women, and, and they would never let them in. And, and they just kept pounding them and pounding them. Even after they decided to put it on TV, it was kind of funny. They were like, hey, that'll make them go away. But they still kept coming. And so now they're like, hmm, why don't we just cut it down to like every six months? Or I'm sorry, once a year from every six months. You know, I mean, eventually, why don't they just get rid of it? You know, like everything else. Just, you know, bag it. Fuck it, you know. Who needs the penis hood session, right? Uh, and, and the women also were cut down to once a year. So they alternate now every six months. In fact, I think in uh, six months it'll be the women. And the next April it'll be the men again. So uh, it looks like it's going to be like the men every April and the women every October. Uh, until they decide that they don't need the women's conference or the penis hood session. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, oh yeah, they're changing the hymn book. I mean, that was in the news recently. They're asking members to, you know, uh, suggest hymns that should be in the new book. You know, I mean, how about, uh, the song, crazy, crazy. <laughs> let's do that one. Uh, another one bites the dust would be great. I mean, there's a lot of things that <laughs> they should add to the hymn book. <laughs> we should do a show one night. I'll have to get, uh, Demon of Coab on here, and we can do a show and talk about uh, all the different hymns, you know, like popular songs that should be added to the hymn book. They should make a hymn version of it. Um, yeah, another one bites the dust is perfect because they're biting the dust right now. Um, let's see what else. Oh yeah, and then you know, of course, they're they're scrapping the kids' parade, and they were claiming that uh, there was too much burden on the stakes. Now imagine all the stakes that are here in Utah. And they were claiming that stakes were having to do a float two years in a row. You know, like once for the kids prayed and the next year for the regular days of 47 prayed. Well, that could be easily resolved. So obviously that's a bullshit excuse. You know, they just don't want, they just don't give a shit anymore. They don't want to bother with anything. They just want to make it simple and easy and just get rid of, you know, anything that they consider to be a pain in the ass. You know, and I mean, they could have kept the kids prayed. They could have even bagged the floats and just had the kids march down the street and and dress up like pioneers, and, oh, shit, I'm giving them ideas now, you know. Uh, but, I mean, honestly, they, they could have very easily resolved that problem, but I, I've noticed that Nelson does not want to easily resolve problems. He wants to just, you know, if anything's an imposition or a pain in the ass, just fuck it, you know. Let's just end that. Um, and, and that's what he's doing, except the important things, like gay hate doctrine or 
little children being interviewed and asked if they touch their private parts. I mean, that he's good with that. You know, let's get rid of the other things that don't really, you know, matter in the big scheme. But, you know, but the members enjoy them. Again, it's a continuing of, of what Hinckley started and just scrapping anything and everything that was enjoyable or fun, you know. And, and what's amazing is, like, the Deseret News interviewed a bunch of people that were unhappy with the, the kids' parade. You know, I mean, they could have probably interviewed a thousand people who were like, oh, we love it. I mean, they had a couple people on there that were reflecting back on when they were in the parade in the 70s and the 80s, you know. And But it was mostly people that were like, yeah, it's a good time to move on. We're in 2018 now. I mean, I'm honestly wondering, like seriously, I'm not going to predict it because I think my, my prophecies are about 100% right now, so I don't want to ruin that. But, I mean, what's next? Are they going to bag the, the regular days of 47 Parade? Are they just going to say, you know what? Too big of a pain in the ass. We got to be in a car at the beginning, and that's risky. I mean, we got to have our bodyguards out there. And, you know, fuck that. Let's just get rid of the days of 47 Parade, the, the longest-running parade in, in the United States of America. Um, now, again, I, you know, I wouldn't really care. Uh, uh, they're celebrating, you know, the the pioneers coming here and pretending that it was all wonderful, and it wasn't. But I love parades, you know. I mean, I love the uh, Macy's Parade on New Year's Day. Um, I love Bountiful has a really great parade every year with floats and everything. I love that parade. So, I mean, the parades are fun, and I just think that it was, I mean, it's kind of cruel, you know, to take that away from the kids who were having fun, you know, uh, enjoying themselves uh but anyway so there goes that and uh, so today is pioneer day uh you know last year i didn't even watch the parade i mean i've started to not even watch it like hey i'd rather sleep you know especially doing the show now when i'm up late at night you know i'd rather just get rest if i'm home you know on pioneer day i'd rather just chill and <laughs> not worry about it uh, i'll record it you know in case anything goes on but um, it's not, not a big deal anymore. I mean, to be honest, it makes me kind of sick to watch it. And, uh, of course, you've always got the, the MCs from KSL, and you've always got the, uh, the I want to see who the, if it's Nelson, uh, who the GA is going to be at the beginning of the parade. Um, probably be Nelson. You know, Monson used to brag about it. Yep, it's me. When he was getting his shoes shined, and he's like, it's me. I'm going to be in the front car. I'm going to be right at the start of the parade. I'm going to be in the lead. Yep, yep, me, yep. I mean, what a dick he was. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, he, he was actually, uh, like I said, and when uh, Demon and I covered it after he died, he was kind of a social uh, reject, you know? He, had, he really didn't, like outside of giving his big flowery speeches, he really didn't have any, like, skills, like to, to relate to somebody, you know, off camera, just like in a normal uh, situation. He seemed to be very awkward. But uh, anyway, I guess that happens when you spend like 70 years in, in leadership of the cult, right? Okay, so anyway, moving on here. Um, let me just go to uh, a couple things I wanted to cover, but let's go ahead and talk about um, this missionary that died over in Australia. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to play the uh, video, or I'm sorry, the audio of them talking about it. It's uh, LDS missionary from Utah dies while hiking in Australia. So we'll go ahead and play that. Uh, it is fair use, by the way. 
So let's go ahead and let me play this for you guys, and uh, we'll go from there. Well, let's see here. Let me go ahead and mute it for a second. There's a 30-second ad, so we'll go ahead and mute that. But, you know, I mean, this guy's out on P-Day, and he falls off a cliff, you know? I don't know. I hope there's an investigation into that. And I'll relate another story in a minute that wasn't what it appeared to be. Because you never know. Maybe his companion pushed him off the cliff. Nobody knows, right? Let me go ahead and start. In our over. top story tonight, we're we learning go. more about the missionary from Utah who died in a hiking accident in Australia. The LDS Church has identified the missionary as Elder Gavin Zimmerman from West Haven. Church leaders who knew Zimmerman in Utah here say that he was always involved looking for opportunities to help others. Whenever we had a church activity or anything. Now, the state president is David Hales. I don't know, does that name Hales ring a bell with anyone? Hmm, probably no relation, right? But, I mean, you know, it's all about, you know, he was great and he did this and that. And, you know, I mean, and I'm sure he was. But they're acting like, you know, it, it was such a good thing that he died. I mean, who cares, right? That had to do with an opportunity to help others. He was always the first one there and the last one to leave. Big smile. Church leaders say Zimmerman oh, was at a popular sightseeing area voice. today when he slipped and fell off a cliff. He was serving in the Sydney, Australia mission. He was a leader among missionaries as well and had an opportunity to serve His uh, in those capacities where once again he was doing what he did so well and that was what he did uh, being so good well. to people and he loved to teach the gospel as well. The Zimmerman family. It's amazing, you know, like, like it's what he did so well. I mean, everyone's like picking up that monsoon tone, you know, like, and they were in the car and they were driving down the road and the wind was blowing. I mean, it's just weird. It's like he's got that, you know, that cadence of monsoon there going on. Um, Anyway, and here is a statement by the family. I'll play it. He has released this statement saying, Gavin was a bright light in our lives. We are so grateful for our Father in Heaven's plan of salvation. We know that we will be with him again one day. Isn't it amazing? I mean, Mormonism works so hard to basically discredit this life. You know, it's like they can't have it both ways, but they want it both ways. Like, this life is so important. You got to... You got to prepare today to meet your maker tomorrow. You know, I'll start pounding the table like, like Hinckley when he's like, we do not ever say anything negative about other religions, you know? I mean, um, oh, please, that's the whole basis of the missionary program in the first vision, you dumbass. Anyway, you know, we are so grateful for our Father in, Heav our Father in Heaven's plan of salvation, but they're not going to question why he took them. You know, uh, I read a comment the other day about a missionary that had died, and they said simply that uh, he was needed in another place. You know, their Heavenly Father needed him. He was needed more there than he was needed here. And I'm like, why? Does anybody ever ask why? I mean, if you're going to make that statement, back it up with some support as to why he's needed more on the other side than here. So his family didn't need him. Uh, he didn't need to get married and have children. He didn't need to, you know, enjoy his life and have a career and have grandkids. Like, none of that mattered. When he was sent to Earth, the plan was for him to die on his mission in Australia. The plan was for him to slip off a cliff and die. I mean, God knows the beginning from the end, right? So God knew that he was going to die, so he sent him down to Earth to die on his mission. But why? What would be the point? You know, and, and again, I mean, I hope there's an investigation. I hope there was more than... Just him and his companion there. 
Um, you know, I mean, hopefully there were other missionaries there that witnessed what happened and he was standing on the edge of a cliff all by himself. Why the fuck he was doing that, I don't know. In my opinion, that's what you get when you have missionaries that are 18 and 19 years old out there that don't have a fucking clue and they're willing to take risks that, you know, a, a mature person would not take. But I don't know. I mean, and so the reason I asked that is because I had a, a person that emailed me years back uh, about an incident that happened in Argentina years ago where he supposedly fell in front of a train and he survived. I don't know how the hell he survived, but he did. And he was writing me to tell me the truth because he's on my, I had him on my missionary memorial page. Uh, you know, as one of the missionaries that was injured. And he said, yeah, I just wanted you to know that I didn't fall in front of the train, but my companion pushed me in front of the train. I mean, he remembered his companion shoving him in front of the train. And this particular companion was absolutely fucking miserable. He wanted to go home. He'd been begging to go home from his mission, and they wouldn't let him go. Boyd KKK Packer had just come through the area, and he was very strict and said, no missionaries are going home, none. Uh, I don't care how much they beg and plead, and they're not going home. I will not let any missionaries go home. So they forced this poor kid to stay in his misery on his Mormon mission. And so what did he end up doing? He ends up shoving his companion in front of a fucking train. And this guy ended up having, you know, surgery after surgery his entire life. I mean, I think it was like 30-something surgeries. I'd have to go back to the email and, and look. Um, I've tried to get in touch with him, and I haven't been able to find him. But if I ever do, I'll have him come on the show if he's willing. I mean, that would be awesome to have him come on and explain. Probably, you know, painful as well to have him explain what happened. And so what happened to the companion? Well, he actually got arrested. They put him in prison, and the other prisoners beat him to death. So they, you know, the one ends up severely injured, the other one ends up dead. Has the church ever talked about that? No, of course not. Have they ever told the truth about what happened to this missionary? No, they have not. Did they compensate him in any way or help him with all the surgeries he had to have? No, they did not. Uh, so again, I just asked the question, you know, was this him falling off a cliff? Was he pushed off a cliff? Who knows? Hopefully we'll find out, but we'll probably never know because he did not survive. So, uh, I mean, this guy did survive, much to the uh, disappointment, I'm sure, of the Mormon hierarchy. Um, and they probably told him, don't ever say anything. And then, you know, he's older now and he was like, I don't give a fuck. And he wrote me and told me what happened. So, yeah, I mean, who knows what happened, but it's, it's tragic. It, to me, it's tragic. Apparently, it's more tragic to me than it is to his own family, you know, because, hey, you know, I mean, they're going to see him again one day. And so, like I was saying, they, they make this life so important. You know, the Book of Mormon, like, when you die, you'll be the same person you were in this life when you died on the next side. And so today is the time to prepare to meet God. And, you know, you've got to be, you know, living your life perfectly or you're fucked eternally. You know, but when a missionary dies, you know, everyone's like, oh, instant, instant highest level of the celestial kingdom right there. Boom, shakalaka, you know. Uh, what a blessing he died in the service of the Lord. That guarantees that he's been locked into the highest levels of the celestial kingdom. I mean, it, it's amazing, you know. And I'm sure he was a good missionary. I hope he was. But nobody knows. Nobody knows, really, what was going on. It's kind of like when... Uh, Somebody who's inactive dies. You know, they haven't been to church in 20 years. They, maybe they hated the church, and the family ends up holding their funeral in a Mormon church, and 
they, everyone gets up there and talks about how they're going to be with their family and their children. It's like, no, they're not. <laughs> they're not. You can't have an eternal family outside of the celestial kingdom. And this person was unworthy. They rejected the church in every way, shape, or form. Maybe spoke out against it, condemned it. You know, some were former missionaries or whatever. Like, you know, many, many of us, most of us. And so it's always amazing how in their death they've suddenly become, you know, everything's fine. I mean, if that's the case, then why would any of us give a shit? Why would we ever worry, right? Hey, when I die, it's all good. You know, it won't matter. Uh, like, I went to a state conference once, and the state president, or, or let's see, was it? Yeah, I think it was the state president. It might have been a 70 who got up and spoke and said, I think it was a 70, actually, or, or one of the, uh, the area presidency, which would be a 70, but they got up and spoke and said that uh, the good news was that, and again, he was creating his own church within the church, like I always talk about, because this is not doctrine. But he said that it would, you know, everything would be okay. Like if you have, if you have a son or a daughter and they've strayed and they've left the church and they don't believe in it and they've rejected it, don't worry because everything will be worked out on the other side. And I remember going, wow, that's really cool. And then I'm like, but that isn't what the church teaches. You know, and if that's true, then there would be no reason. Like, it would take away all the motivation in this life to, you know, go to the bishop interviews and to pay your tithing, and right? I mean, it kind of takes away the whole incentive. I mean, they like to keep the heat on, the pressure on, so that you have to do everything they tell you to do, or else. You know, they've always got that, you know, the guillotine hanging over your head. You know, like one false move, buddy, and you're toast. You know, you're gonna, you're dead eternally. Uh, I mean, you're gonna have eternal life, but what, what good is eternal life if you're separated from all of your friends and all of your family? What would be the point? I mean, that is hell. You know, I mean, hell, send me to hell. You know, put me in the flames. I don't give a shit. Burn me. You know, eternally. Fine. Um, you're, you're gonna take away everything that ever mattered to me. But then again, they die, and they're like, "Oh, it's all good." I mean, he's you know he's with his, he's he's reunited with his mom and his dad and his brother that died, and it's like he is. I mean, he thought the church was a pile of shit. I mean, why why would that happen? And so I mean, maybe there's some uh, secret doctrine like the nuclear option. You know, I've never heard of where hey, when you die, none of this really mattered anyway. Uh, you know, so don't worry about it. Uh, but anyway, I'm sure he was speaking as a man that day, not as himself, but anyway, so I'll, I'll see if there's any other further news about that, but my guess is you won't ever hear about it again. Um, but he was, um, he was from Utah, so it is possible that they're going to make a bigger deal out of it than they normally would. Uh, but his name was Gavin Paul Zimmerman. He was 19 from West Haven, Utah. And uh, he was sightseeing, you know, and he slipped and fell off a cliff. Um, I mean, my advice to people out sightseeing, don't get so close to the edge of a cliff. I mean, if that's what really happened. Uh, so there's more of a statement from the family. I just want to read it here for you. Uh, but he says, uh, or, or, this is um, his parents, Raymond and Jeanette. They released the following statement. It is with deep sorrow and heavy hearts that we share the news of our son's passing from this earth to return home to his heavenly father. And I can almost guarantee you that the bishop and the state president were sitting there helping them draft this public statement because, again, what a great opportunity. I mean, what a great opportunity to promote the church. You know, I mean, your kid died 
everyone's going to be like, oh, this is terrible, and you're going to come out and say, it's wonderful. You know, like the family years ago when their kid died up in Seattle, Washington on a bike, and the, uh, the dad came out and said, our testimonies are even stronger now. So, and he was a bishop. So, I mean, thank God, right? Thank, thank the Mormon God their son died, because if he hadn't died, they wouldn't have a stronger testimony of the church now. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just so twisted and, and sick, it's hard to relate to. Uh, but it says, Gavin Paul Zimmerman, let's see, uh, yeah, passing, return home to his Heavenly Father. Gavin Paul Zimmerman grew up in Roy in West Haven. He attended Fremont High, participated in both track and football. Gavin was called to serve a mission for the Church of Joseph Smith of Latter-day Child Bride Lovers um, in Australia, Sydney Mission. He began his mission on... August 16, 2017, Gavin served in several leadership positions in the mission field. So he was, you know, district leader. Maybe he's his own leader. Who knows? But he was at least a district leader, I'm sure. Um, he was a great example to us all. He loved his mission very much. He enjoyed teaching people and sharing the gospel of Joseph Smith. I mean, they say Jesus Christ, but, you know. Uh, he loved the Savior, Jesus Christ, and his family. We loved him. Gavin was a bright light in our lives, and this is the part KSL shared. Uh, we are so grateful for our Father in Heaven's plan of salvation. We know that we will be with Him one, again one day. Our family will miss Him greatly until we meet again. So, it's all good, man. It's all good, you know. I mean, hey, He died, but hey, we're going to be together again someday. So, uh, you know, yeah, we miss Him, but hey, it's all good. As Fonzie would say, hey, you know, it's all good, brother. So, it's just, it's crazy, man. I mean, this this way of thinking is so demented, you know. But I'm going to be curious, since he's a local Utah boy, if they're going to make a big deal out of his funeral. I mean, my guess is we won't hear another word. Um, years ago, when, uh, I forget his name right at the moment, but uh, the missionary that was back in Virginia that got shot in the neck and, or the head and bled to death, and Hinckley showed up to his funeral, and let me just look up his name here real quick. I'm just, I can almost say it, but uh, Mormon missionary shot Virginia. Should come right up. Um, just so I can use his correct name here. Uh, yeah, there's a 2010, uh, let's see, was when the man got sentenced. Um, let's see, what's his name here? Um, where the hell? Morgan Young. There we go, Morgan Young. And I, I remember his mom saying that she was glad that he died with his boots on. So, again, another example, and I've got example after example after example of parents whose kid died on a mission, and they're, I don't know, somewhat happy and giddy about it. So uh, it's it's just so twisted. And you know the church is having a big influence on those parents and what they say to the media and everything. Um, and then I remember also that his younger brothers and sisters were all doubly excited. They were like, man, we're even more determined to go on a mission now. Now that Morgan died, hell, man, we are definitely going on a mission. And from what I remember, they all went on missions. So um, he was only two months short of completing his uh, mission you know, of course, they're out tracting in a dangerous area at night, you know, when this happens. Um, uh, let's see here. Who said this? Uh, oh, Hinckley. 
Yeah, I mean, it was a big deal. I mean, Hinckley showed up to the funeral. Uh, there were other general authorities that showed up. But, I mean, Hinckley was the prophet at the time, and he showed up. And, you know, of course, they all showed up in their chauffeured cars and with their bodyguards and everything. Uh, you know, I mean, because they are the, the celebrities of Utah. Uh, but Hinckley said, I'm impressed with the thought that Elder Young has joined the ranks of a very select group. I mean, what a fucking blessing. I mean, you take a bullet on your mission and you die, what a blessing, because you are now part of the very select group, you know, who stand so very, very high in the estimate of God. Uh, you know, so, I mean, if you die on a Mormon mission, man, that's about as good as it can get. Uh, there is some special place and some special work for them to do under our Father's plan. Wow. Uh, you know, I mean, again, he's going with the whole thing of like they were needed more on the other side than they were needed here. God needed them. Heavenly Father needed them. Um, again, uh, you know, and his, his, uh, Morgan and Kathy, or Mark and Kathy Young said they were proud of their son for doing what he believed to be right. Uh, but they don't expect to have the closure everyone asked them about. He's still not here. There's always a sense of loss. But again, like she said, you know, he, he died with his boots on. So, you know, he was out there at war. He was in a war zone, a spiritual war zone. Um, so anyway, the guy was uh, sentenced. Let me just see uh, what the sentence was. Uh, yeah, he's to serve 38 years and six months in prison after being convicted of first-degree murder for the death of Morgan W. Young of Bountiful. So... Um, yeah, they were knocking doors and proselytizing in Chesapeake in January 2006 when they saw him shoot a man, and then he shot the missionaries. He wounded his companion, and he killed Young. And I never did follow up, but I'm, I'm sure his companion healed from the bullet wound and then finished his mission, because that's the other thing that always happens. You know, it's like, I mean, the, the sisters I always talk about in South Africa that were gang raped for hours, uh, and the one was shot in the stomach, and it was at knife point. And, you know, the, the first thing the mission president said, uh, Danny Brock, was uh, they're going to, as soon as they heal physically, they're going to finish their mission. You know, they hadn't even had an HIV test yet, uh, you know, in, in the HIV capital of the world, or one of them, I mean, right at the top. Um, it's amazing. So, uh Oh, man. So whenever I read about a missionary dying, you know, it uh, it tends to really get to me. And I, I've shared my experiences on the show. I won't go into them tonight. But I had one really dangerous experience on my mission. And uh, I've talked about it a lot. I'll talk about it again in the future. But I'm not going to get into it tonight. Um, yeah, so, so there you go. Um, now... Uh, I, I, you know, I do wish the best for his family. Um, you know, I can just imagine when they're sitting there writing these statements or talking to their state president, they're telling them, now be careful, make sure that whatever you say is faith-promoting. Just like they told me, you know, I should only write faith-promoting letters to my parents. Don't tell the truth, just write faith-promoting things. Uh, now, the other thing that I came across, um, last night when I was actually prepping for the show was, uh... I came across, um, let's see here, the, uh, an article from a couple that is serving, and again, we're back in Australia again. Um, let me just find the uh, article here. Yeah, so I've got uh, Daniel J. Bingham. Uh, he was the 
mission. I mean, there's some bad luck going on over there in Australia. And he was the president of the Australia Sydney South mission. Uh, let's see here. And the one that I was just talking to you about, let me just uh, look again to see which mission he was in. Uh, let's see here. And, you know, and again, so what the church has to do in these type of situations is they have to figure out a way to explain why it's a wonderful thing. You know, they, they have to make sure that everybody knows that, hey, it's a good thing, you know. Uh, it's a great thing. Um, yeah, this person died, but here's why it is so wonderful. <laughs> um, I mean, I know that's so twisted, but... Um, wow. I mean, you know, there's another thing I need to talk about. I'll do that tomorrow. Uh, the attorney that's representing, uh, you know, the, the church and all of their, their sex abuse, uh, trials and everything that's going on. What a piece of garbage he is. Anyway. Um, oh, and that's my opinion. So, you know, come sue me for stating my opinion. I mean, I, I'm welcome. I can do that. So, yeah, uh, he was in the, uh, yeah, Sydney, for the LDS Church in Sydney, Australia. Let's see. Yeah, I don't know if it's not, I don't know if it's giving the exact mission, but anyway. So, a short time ago, um, let me pull up this other article again. There was a mission president in Australia, and uh, again, his name was uh, Daniel J. Bingham, okay, and he was called... Let me see when he was called. Let me just look it up here real quick. I'm just curious. But I just wanted to cover this because nobody else has. And I found, you know, an article. I was looking it up going, well, God, you know, no one's ever talked about this guy again. He broke his neck. He was riding a bike in Australia. He broke his neck. And you don't ever hear another word about it. So I actually found a blog by a missionary couple that talked about it. Um, so let me just see when he was called. Uh, let's see here. Where are you? There we go. The Australia Sydney South Mission. Daniel J. Bingham, 57, and Donna Jean Anderson Bingham, four children, Helena, or Helena, I'm sorry, Third Ward, Helena Montana Stake, Australia Sydney South Mission. Um, let's see here. He uh, serves as a state president, a former high counselor, ward young men president, seminary teacher, ward mission leader missionary in the Australia Melbourne Mission, uh, chief executive officer and president of the Helena College University of Montana. So he gave up a pretty good job to go. Born in Eureka, California to Vernon Ray Bingham and Anna Louise Eccles Bingham. Uh, she served as the Ward Young Women Presidency Counselor and is a former Ward Young Women and Primary President, Ward Relief Society Presidency Counselor and Seminary Teacher. She was born in Edmonton, Alberta, to Lyman, Peter, and anyway. Um, let's see. So when were they called? This was back in, on February 14th of 2017. And then uh, about a year later, on February 16th of 2018, this year, uh, the church released a statement uh, about a mission president who was injured in a bike accident. They said on Wednesday morning, Daniel J. Bingham President of the Australia Sydney South Mission was involved in a serious bicycle accident and suffered a broken neck. He has undergone surgery and is currently in intensive care at a local hospital. President Bingham and his wife Donna have been serving since July of 2017. So that initial article was just mentioning, you know, they were called, but they didn't start until July of that year, of last year. 
They have four adult children. The family is grateful for prayers on their behalf at this difficult time. I'm surprised they didn't say, hey, and if you can donate money directly to the church, we'll make sure it gets to them. Wink, wink, you know, pyramid scheme. Um, so, yeah, and then it goes over, like, their uh, biography, you know, from the when they were called. All right, so he's out riding a bike. He breaks his neck. Um, not another word about it. So last night I'm looking up... Uh, a blog that the church probably wishes didn't exist by a, a couple that's uh, serving as like PR missionaries or, or public affairs um, calling in Australia to help promote the church. And I mean, I've got their blog right here. I won't, uh, I won't give out the name of it, but uh, that'll just slow down the church and trying to shut it down and remove this post. I've had too many experiences where I mention a blog, and poof, it's gone. Um, or a post on a blog, poof, gone. I mean, it's really amazing. I mean, the one thing the church never prepared for was blogs. <laughs> and many other things, but that was one thing among many. Uh, but anyway, this is what they wrote. This is what they had heard, and you know, they're going to know because they're on the ground over there in Australia, and they're part of the, you know, the PR team over there. So, and you know, they're in the mission home, so they know what's going on. And so this is a very reliable uh, report here. And this was, uh, let's see when this was posted, on February 26th. So about 10 days after the original report came out. But they said, we are deeply saddened to learn about 10 days ago, of, oh yeah, there you go, 10 days, uh, of a serious biking accident suffered by President Daniel J. Bingham, president of the Sydney south mission of the lds church on february 14th so the accident was on the 14th the church didn't report it till the 16th important to note that because there's always a delay sometimes there's a week delay um, sometimes it's delayed forever unless the press picks up on it uh, there were several missionaries that died and the reports came out you know outside of utah and then i went on twitter and tweeted about it uh, i tweeted loud and hard and then uh, KUTV, Channel 2 picked it up, Channel 4, Channel 13, all the local channels here, and KSL would always be last, but they were forced to do it. They, they had to talk about it, but they didn't want to, but I made sure they did. I wanted everyone to know that this missionary died, because the church wasn't going to even cover it or mention it. Nobody was, uh, until I basically forced them to do it. And I shamed them, you know, I shamed them into it, and uh, of course KSL would hold out as long as possible, and they'd be like, oh, okay, we'll have to report this. Um, but, and I appreciate anybody else out there that helped me to, you know, retweet that stuff and get them to do that. So anyway, here's the real news, right? So what happened? He broke his neck, but they make it, you know, he's in intensive care, but, you know, I mean, obviously they're giving him blessings and there's prayers and fasting and all that's going on, right? But what happened to him? What, I mean, what was the result of the accident? He broke his neck and then what? Well, the accident left President Bingham critically injured with a broken neck and paralyzed from his neck down. I mean, it's pretty fucking serious, right? I mean, he's, he's paralyzed from his neck down. Uh, he was rushed to a Sydney hospital where he had surgery to make some repairs to his injury. We realize what a life-changing event this is for President and Sister Bingham and their family. Now, again, I'm going to question right here. Did the church cover the medical bills, or are they billing his wife? And, you know, he can't work anymore, obviously. Um, you know, I mean, are they going to build a family for that? Probably. 
they probably already sent the attorneys out, you know, from, uh, you know, their, you know, their little uh, outfit there in Salt Lake. Uh, they probably sent them out there to, you know, sign the paperwork because they do that. They'll send out attorneys to the house to say, here, sign this, saying the church will not be responsible for any of the medical bills, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, yeah, why not, right? Save some money. Um, I mean, Bert, or, uh, Kurt and McConkie, man, I mean, they gotta, that, that's their goal is to save the church as much money as possible from all the lawsuits that are currently coming against them. Uh, we realize what a life-changing event this is for President and Sister Bingham and their family. Uh, we have been advised that in the meantime, there have been some hopeful signs. Of course, they're, they're always going to spread those rumors. I mean, maybe they're true. I hope they are. I mean, I hope he's not really paralyzed from the neck down for life. Uh, but there are some hopeful signs. But his will be a long road to whatever recovery he ultimately is able to realize. Our own mission president, uh, which is Peter Vidmar, he's the president of this particular mission. And again, this is the... Uh, Let's see here. Uh, let me just verify what mission this is here. Anyway, yeah, Peter Vidmar. Um, hang on a second. Let me just double check this. And and I had a personal experience with Peter Vidmar, and uh, he he is like the perfect Mormon mission president. You know, I mean, he he is perfect. He's 57 years old. Of course, he uh, you know was an Olympic medalist. Um, Oh, let's see here. Won the gold medal, called his mission president back in 2015. So he will be wrapping it up this year. I mean, maybe he'll extend, who knows. But uh, my personal encounter with him was not so good. Um, it was at a fireside in California. And it's, it's amazing, you know. Like I, I mean, I just happened to go to this particular ward where they were promoting this fireside. Um, it was in a really rich, exclusive area where they had firesides in people's homes. Their homes were so big um, and luxurious that they could have the fireside right in the person's home uh, instead of at the church because their home was comparable. So they could fit a lot of people into their front room and they had a big kitchen and they could provide all the things that needed to be provided. Uh, but yeah, he won two gold medals in the 84 Olympic Games and then he was called to be a mission president. Uh, so he was on the USA Gymnastics Board of Directors, and then he announced he'd be leaving a position to accept a calling from the church. Um, so they started in July of 2016. So I guess this is their second year, and so he'll be there until July of next year. Um, they didn't know where they were going yet at that point. So he said, through gymnastics, I have learned discipline, hard work, trust, integrity, teamwork, and faith. Upon my return, I look forward to again doing what I can to assist USA Gymnastics moving forward. And there was a, uh, let's see, what was that controversy with him again? Peter Vidmar. Um, let's see here. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah. Okay. Let me just find out here. He stepped down in 2012. Um, as the let's see, as the chief of mission, over his controversy uh, about his opposition to gay marriage. There you go. There you go. He couldn't do the gay marriage thing, so he had to. You know, he said he's dedicated his life to the Olymp Olympic movement. Uh, 
I simply cannot have my presence become a detriment to the U.S. Olympic community. I mean, they're probably not going to want him back when he comes back, you know? Um, and they were wondering why he hasn't, with all the sex abuse scandals going on with U.S. gymnastics, they're wondering why he hasn't said anything about that. Um, I mean, obviously he knows what's going on. But uh, let's see here. That was in 2011. Um, let's see here. Uh, yeah, so in, in a story on the Chicago Tribune's website, openly gay figure skater and two-time Olympian Johnny Weir called Vidmar's selection as disgraceful because of his opposition to gay marriage. Um, so Vidmar, a Mormon, was a public supporter of Prop 8, the voter-approved law passed in 2008 that restricted marriage in California to one man and one woman. The Mormon Church believes all sexual relations outside of marriage are wrong and defines marriage as being between a man and a woman. Um, so uh, he told the Tribune his personal beliefs would have no bearing on his role as chief and that he would respect the rights of all of our athletes regardless of their race, religion, and sexual orientation. Uh, yeah, try again, Peter. Um, I believe Peter would have served our athletes well, but given the nature of the issue, I certainly respect his decision to resign. So, yeah, it was very brief. You know, they called him and then he stepped down because he's a gay hater. Peter Vidmar is a bigot. He hates gay people. Don't tell me he doesn't. He's against gay marriage. He doesn't believe that gay people deserve the same rights as he has, you know? And so he's, he's your mission president over there in Australia right now. Like I said, he's the perfect candidate for what the church is looking for. I mean, this guy is die hard, let me tell you. I mean, he did this fireside. I was there. Um, of course, nobody knew who I am, so or nobody, nobody knew who I was. I was working in California. Um, I, you know, I didn't know anybody there, and I just happened to go to the war. They promoted the fireside. I'm like, what the hell? So I went to the fireside, and again, I walk in. Everyone's like, who's this guy? So I was, I was like the outsider, right? And then I tried to talk to him after the fireside, and he was just kind of like, you know, real brief, and, uh, and then he moved on to others. You know, he, he really didn't want to talk to me for whatever reason. I have no idea why. I mean, hell, I was looking like a missionary back then, man, you know? Had my missionary haircut, and I had to dress up every day, and I mean, I was wearing my shirt and tie. I mean, you would have thought, you know, that would have been acceptable, because it's all about the outward appearance. That's all they really care about, right? But I think he was just like, like, who's this guy, you know? So, uh, so anyway, that is the update on the mission president. Uh, I, I'm going to, like, search their blog here live on the air real quick uh, just to find out if they've talked about him uh, again um, somewhere else. Uh, let me just put in, uh, I'll just say Bingham, just search for Bingham. Uh, and, just, you know, I just want to see if they mention him again, but it looks like they don't have their... Uh, Oh yeah, they do. Have, do they have a search or not? Let me try and find out here. Let's find out. I'll know momentarily here. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine being called a, a PR mission for the cult? I mean, you have to like promote their bullshit and why and talk about, oh, we love gay people. Gay people are wonderful. They're so awesome. Oh, yeah, so sure enough, you know, I, I love a lot of things I love. I love doing this show live. I love being able to search Google live while I'm doing the show, give out information that's available that people haven't probably heard before. I love doing it. So we got an update.
All right. Um, let me just see what the post date was on this. Um, and then we'll get to the update. Now, this guy posts a lot of pictures. Oh, man. You got to scroll through like 20 pictures to get to the, the top of the thing. Um, you can see his eternal smile, you know, his garment line and all of his pictures. <laughs> uh, let's see here. They're uh, driving a nice car, nice Toyota. God damn, where's the top of this post? Holy shit. This guy writes forever. I might have to start reading it. March 11th of uh, that year. So it was, uh, you know, almost a month later after the accident. So anyway, update on President Daniel Bingham. We received word this week that President Daniel Bingham's medical condition had stabilized enough that he was able to be flown back to the U.S. midweek this past week. So, I mean, he spent almost a month in the hospital in Australia before they could even fly him back. He and his family will continue to be in our prayers. And President Bingham, uh, let's see, I think he meant as President Bingham goes through extensive lengthy rehabilitation in an effort to recover from the devastating injuries from his biking accident, overcome his paralysis to whatever extent will be possible, and be able to talk, walk, and have a more normal life again. I mean, is he not even able to talk at all? He can't talk. We know he can't walk. Um, man. Um, let's see here. Uh, yeah, he's just talking about the speed limits over there in Australia. I'm going to have to start reading this blog. I actually need a new blog to read, so maybe I'll need to read this one. But, man, it's so long, it's going to be time-consuming. <laughs> but I'm sure there's some good stuff in here, since they are on the PR team of the church. Um Let's see. So they, I guess in Australia they don't have a lot of cops, but they have like cameras everywhere monitoring the speed of passing vehicles and taking pictures as they pass by if they are exceeding the posted limits. Uh, if you go over even one kilometer an hour and pass the camera, you can count on getting a ticket. And they're very costly, like $130. I'm just trying to see if he's gotten one yet. Uh, I've heard of one for U.S. $300 for something like 10 over. Um, in our case, the ticket problem is even more embarrassing because the tickets are sent to the church's area office in Sydney where the vehicles are registered and are then forwarded to you. Ouch. So, of course, the church isn't going to pay your speeding tickets over there. They're going to be like, okay, we got your ticket, and then they send it on to you, and then you pay it, uh, which is fine. I have no issue with that. Um, but he said, oh, yeah, no tickets so far, at least that we know of. We're being very careful. Um... Anyway, the, he, so he's posting how all, the, how all the cameras are set up. Well, that's pretty advanced over there, man. They're, I mean, they're smart, you know. They're making a shitload of money on that. So anyway, let's, uh, let's continue on here and see if there's any other updates that we can give you. Um, let's see here. Looks like that might be the only one so far. But I'll, I'll keep looking and see if there are any other updates about, you know, that. Um, now, I also talked last night about the guy that went into the uh, Mormon church in Fallon, Nevada and shot two people, killed one. Uh, as far as I've read, there's still no motive. They had a press conference yesterday, and, and from what I've been able to read, they still don't really have a motive for why he did it. But he seems like a, a pretty good guy up to that point. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to sound like the judge, you know, like good guys make bad decisions, you know. I'm just saying um, that 
something must have really triggered this guy because everyone that knew him said he was really helpful. He helped the lady across the street when her, her husband was dying. Or I mean, there was a whole bunch of stuff in an article I read about all the good things this guy had done. He lived there his whole life. And then one day he just walks into a Mormon church and singles out one person and shoots him to death. And he unloaded in the guy. I mean, the gun went off five, six times, and uh, I guess one bullet hit somebody else, but apparently the other ones, uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing the majority of those bullets hit the other person and killed him. And I'm just going, man, you know, what in the world could have triggered this guy to do that? So uh, I am, you know, it doesn't justify it, but I'm just curious to know what the motive was. I mean, obviously something pretty fucking intense must have happened to set him off. I mean, they said the day before... He was out working in his garage, you know, on a snow machine, and, you know, just calm as can be, you know, like nothing was going on. Uh, again, uh, I mean, it, his name is uh, O'Connor, um, you know, I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, what happened to set this guy off, man? Holy shit. I mean, he went literally ballistic, you know? Uh, but uh, I, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Hopefully they'll get to the bottom of it, but... They did a search warrant on his house, and they, uh, you know, took a lot of shit, and I guess they're going to go through it and see if they can figure out a motive, but I, I hope they figure out why he did what he did, and I'm just wondering, you know, what it was that that triggered him and set him off like that to such a violent, uh, horrible thing, you know. Um, I read the article last night that had a lot of details about it. Uh, the person that died was Charles E. Burt Miller, and he was the one that was shot to death, and the guy that did it was John K. O'Connor. So, um, I guess we'll find out. I don't know. Kind of uh, a crazy situation. I mean, obviously something major had to have happened unless he just snapped, but they've, they've made it pretty clear that he was singling out this guy. I mean, he was going after Charles E. Burt Miller. He was on the volunteer fire department. He seemed like a pretty good guy by all accounts. They both sound like pretty good guys. So what the fuck happened? That's what I want to know. So we'll, we'll find out. I'll keep you posted on that. Who knows uh, where that will lead. I just hope we get the truth on that one. Okay. Um, uh, let's see here. There were uh, some other stories that I wanted to just mention here real quick. Um, let's see here. Just a moment. Um... Let's see. Hang on just a second here. A lot in the news. God, there's a lot going on. It's crazy. There always is. But just in the last couple of days, right as I'm coming back on the air, all this stuff's going down. Um, oh, there's another one I wanted to cover. Uh, let's see if I can uh, find this real quick. Um, I think I, yeah, let me, uh, let me look on this particular site. Yeah, here we go. A Utah man defrauds friends, LDS neighbors, out of $2.5 million. I always talk about, you know, how Utah, you know, in the book, The Mormon Murders, they have a great nickname for Utah. And they call, they call Utah the cesspool of Ponzi schemes, pyramid schemes. I mean, Utah really is the cesspool uh, for that. And so this guy, um, a South Jordan man named Clint William Nordahl, 42, he got charged with 10 counts of securities fraud, a second-degree felony, false statements on securities document, a third-degree felony, 
and pattern of unlawful activity, a second degree felony. So let's see, one, two, uh, three, three felonies. Let's see, second degree felony, third degree felony, and another second degree felony. And so apparently he, uh, you know, defrauded 50 people out of their money and about two point, well, it's $2.8 million. Um, yeah, $2,836,000. Uh, he sold investment contracts, which are defined as securities by the state code. It said that he defrauded, uh, his alleged, let's see, char, char, uh, charges say that uh, Nordahl allegedly defrauded, including his father's longtime friend. And hang on just a moment. All right. Okay, we do have a caller on the line, but I'm going to uh, just hang on just one second here. Um, he defrauded his father's longtime friend, who was an elderly woman, whom he convinced to invest with him during a home teaching visit through his LDS ward. Again, I, you know, I don't know how the church can separate themselves from this. Maybe that's why they got rid of home teaching. They were like, oh, shit, you know. People are going on home teaching visits and uh, getting people into Ponzi schemes. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, he also defrauded the parents of a boy in his son's basketball league and a widow he met on Latter-day Saint dating website, among others. So, again, this guy was, uh, you know, supposedly had some shipping company and duped a bunch of people and... I mean, and, and the thing about Utah is everyone's so goddamn naive and trustworthy that, you know, this guy convinced them to hand over $2.8 million. I mean, what a, what a joke. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, um, uh, again, another, another incident uh, in Utah involving a Ponzi scheme. Kind of reminds you of the guy up in Colorado Springs, you know, that defrauded people out of Let's see, what was it, $21 million? Um, yeah, uh, what was his name again? Uh, hang on one moment here. Mormon Ponzi, uh, I think it was Colorado Springs. Um, let's see, what was his name? It's on the tip of my tongue here. Uh, yeah, Mormon Ponzi scheme. This one says $45 million, but I don't think that's him. So, yeah, ex, ex-Mormon bishop charged in... $20 million Ponzi scheme. Uh, I just wanted to get his name. Yeah, Merriman. That's right, Merriman. Yep, he uh, you know, had a big car collection, guns, taxidermy, artwork, Rembrandts. You know, and, and again, I'll just mention that he, uh, he sold or donated a bunch of his Rembrandts to the church, and then they put them up in their museum, and then they uh, wouldn't return them when the FBI asked. They said, no, we, we didn't know that you know, they were bought with ill-gotten gains and so we're going to go ahead and keep those but remember what we're taught avoid the very appearance of evil so on that note uh, i will go ahead and bring on demon of kolob are you there demon let me just see here if i can get him to uh let's see if i got him on the air or not um okay you are there i don't know why i'm not hearing you let's see here Hello? Hmm. Okay, why is this happening? Can you hear me, Demon? Everything should be good to go. Let me just double check here. Um, let's see. 
Are you there? Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you now. There you are. I got you. Okay. Yeah, so uh, good to have you call in. I, I didn't know if you'd be awake this time of night, but hey, I'm, I'm glad you are. So how are you doing? Okay. Can, uh, happy pie and beer day. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? I know I talked about that earlier. It's like I don't even watch the parade. I mean, I used to still watch it, but I can't even do I just sleep through it now. Yeah, uh, since I was in the neighborhood, I popped in earlier in the week and just saw some of the floats, and it's just like, uh Yeah, I saw your, yeah, yeah, I got your pictures. I appreciate that. What was the one, Elder, yeah. Elder C, right? Elder C, and then the other side, it's Elder Joel. Oh, God. Yeah. And it's Mormon stories, but it's like, oh. Uh, oh, wait, it's a Mormon stories float? Yeah, it says Mormon stories. Uh, well, not the, <laughs> that's just the title down below. I was going to say, they wouldn't it's let him like, in the parade, would they? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, if their stories are important, you know, we must remember them. Right. Yeah, and I just thought, whether well, true or not, you know. I mean, do they realize that by, you know, putting, I mean, did the float actually say Mormon stories? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do they not realize that there's a, like a podcast out there, you know? No. Oh my no, God, no. dude, how stupid are these people? Anyway, I mean, that's hilarious. It's like they're promoting like Mormon stories and they don't even realize it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is like the, in past years, it's like half the floats were, mis you know, were missionaries on Mars or outer space. And... Yeah, I'm looking at them right here. Yeah, the, like the ostrich with a tie. Is that an ostrich or what is that? Uh, that's a seagull. Oh, a seagull, okay. Yeah, the one angle, I'm like, it's, wait. It's a seagull dressed as a missionary. Elder C. Yeah, did you get a picture of the Mormon Stories one, by chance? Uh, that that was the one. Oh, is that the one? Okay. Uh, yeah, it's that here. one with the seagulls on it. It's That's what it said down below. Let me look hum up those pictures. Humbug Mine. What the hell is Humbug Mine? I don't know, but I thought... Really, humbug mine, and that's what's right on the float. <laughs> I know. I'm like, what the hell? And man? it says a, a rich, uh, you know, and elsewhere on there, a rich heritage, you know, of truth and faith. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Humbug mine. And it's like, humbug mine. And I thought, you, you know what humbug means, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure they do. You know, I don't think, if they don't know what Mormon stories is, and they probably don't know what humbug means. I don't means. think they do, yeah. Yeah, if anybody's unsure what humbug means, it's like Penn and Teller, you know, on their show Bullshit. Yeah. We're originally going to call it humbug. Oh, right. Well, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, but then since they were... Okay, yeah. Building, building faith through pioneer stories. Wow. Yeah, if you get a chance. Yeah, it's what's at the. Oh, so does it actually. Does it say Mormon stories or just uh, uh, building or. Building faith or pioneer stories. Pioneer stories, okay, okay. I was going to say. That's on the one with the seagulls. All right. Wow. Yeah, so are you excited? I mean, are you going to be out there tomorrow on, you know, State Street? Oh, yes, and just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, get up just to go out there and stand and. Have, a, have an entire cooler of beer. You know, be like, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, like that would work. <laughs> I'm sure they probably searched the coolers 
I don't know. They probably don't, but <laughs> oh, I'm no, I'm sure they do. Yeah, if they can, they would. I mean, for sure. Um, you heard they're canceling the youth parade, right? This was the last year to have the youth parade. No, I had not heard that. Yeah, one. they've been doing it for eighty years, and they've decided that this is the last year for the youth parade. And a lot of people are upset, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, thank God, we hated it anyway." So. It's kind of ironic, you know, but they they were complaining that the reason they had to cancel it was that it was too much of a burden on people and that uh, oh. some stakes had to do a float two years in a row. And I'm like, with all the stakes in Utah, you couldn't have figured that one out? Yeah, yeah. But there's enough, I, you know, it still seems like there'd be enough stakes to do floats, but whatever. Well, well yeah, but even if they wanted to keep the parade and get rid of the floats they could and the kids could still march and have a good time and but i mean have you noticed that nelson is literally getting rid of all the i mean it's kind of picking up where hinkley left off you know getting rid of anything fun or enjoyable or um you know he's just gutting stuff i mean the peanuts obsession is once a year i mean who would have thought that would ever happen you know the which one? Oh but, yeah yeah they got rid of i mean it used to be I mean, first of all, as of a couple of years ago, it was two hours every six months, like it was our whole life. Then it went down to an hour and a half. Now it's once a year. I mean, eventually they're just going to get rid of it. <laughs> I mean, why, why bother, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that they got rid of the... The youth parade? Or the... Yeah. Yeah, I know. 80 years. 80... It's like... The longest-running kids' parade in the country. Well, no, what really floors me was getting rid of home teaching. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's another. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, the, the home teaching. Um, high priest. How about high priest corn? Gone. You know? Yeah. They got rid of that. I mean, wow. I mean, I think they're just slowly closing up shop, right? I mean, that's what it seems like. I mean, yeah. program by program, thing by thing, one, you know, one by one, they're just shutting her down. I mean, uh, what's going to be left? And, and again, they're talking about the two-hour meetings again. Like, that's come up recently. And uh, they called the church, uh, the, the media called the church, and they said no comment. And usually they have a comment saying, oh, it's not true, and that's just a rumor and innuendo. And, and this time they were like, uh, no comment. So uh, I think that's next. Two-hour meetings are probably right around the corner, um, you know, so... But, I don't know. Mormons not having big, long, boring meetings. Oh, I know. It seems impossible, right? But, I mean, yeah. who would have thought? I mean, first of all, I never would have believed that the, uh, and I think it was by accident that the, the penis obsession became an hour and a half, you know, because Monson thought he was given a full talk, and he wasn't. Um, so then they had to cover his ass. They just said, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's how it was scheduled. And then, yeah. and then to totally scrap one of them and make it every, every year, I mean, that just blows my mind. I mean, I cannot, I still can't believe that they would do that. So, and then home teaching, yeah. I mean, that's been their backbone for, I mean, that's their, their spy program, you know? And yeah, it is. And it's, they shut that down. Holy shit. And it's been their main program since the modern era, you know? Yeah, based on the, you know, on the Nazis. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, uh, wow, and 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 so now, I mean, they're doing this. Uh, what are they calling it? Uh, uh, ministering. They're calling it ministering now. You know that you, oh. it should be all the time. It shouldn't be once a month, but all the time. 
And, and what's so funny is like the conference before they got rid of home teaching, I think it was Iring that gave it. It was was it Iring? No, no, it was. Uh, oh shit! Who's the former president of BYU? Uh, I'm just forgetting his name here. Uh, Holland. Yeah, Holland. Holland. Yeah, Holland. Holland gave a whole talk on home teaching and how important it was and how amazing it was and blah blah blah. And then they're like, oh, forget it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, Mister, not a. Not a dodo. Not a dummy. Yeah. Yeah, not a dodo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a dodo. I just give talks about home teaching, and then we get rid of it. Um, yeah. Oh my God, I don't know. There's been so much that's happened, man, in the time I've been off the air. Like we're gonna have to try and get caught up on everything. You know, what? I'm gonna oh. have I'm gonna have you help me because I know there's things out there that I'm not even thinking about. That well, just you know. uh, just most recent, you talked about the missionary killing. Well, at the same time, there was that. Big shooting in Nevada. Yeah, yeah, I talked about that a little bit last night and tonight. Yeah, a guy just walks in and, you know, and he, yeah. and he wasn't going after the church. He was going after a particular person. And don't you have to wonder what that guy did to him? I mean, to, to trigger that? I mean, it was like out of the blue, yeah. out of the blue. I mean, this, according to everyone that knows the guy that did it, he's just a normal guy. He's cool, really nice, friendly, helpful. And then he turns into a homicidal maniac, you know? I mean, yeah, what well, happened? I mean, I can't. It, I can't wait to find yeah, out the motive. Well, they're like perplexed, but it's like the way the church screws people. I'm just like, it's not that surprising. It isn't. The only thing that really surprised me is that it took this long for something like this to happen. I mean, honestly, I, I, yeah. hate, I hate to say that, but I mean, uh, I, I've no. talked with my wife about it, and I'm like, I'm amazed that this has never happened, and then it happened. You know, so. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Well, I guess we'll find out. I mean, I, at first I'm like, man, it was probably the bishop, you know? I mean, I assume that, like, the bishop had, you know, probably fucked him over and took, you know, he lost his kids or something dramatic happened. But um, I don't know. We don't know much about this guy that he killed, but he was in the volunteer fire department. I found an article last night that was really thorough about the whole thing out of Nevada, and it was the only thing I could mm-hmm. find that actually had any details. Everyone else has had the generic... You know, a guy was shot, and blah, 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 nothing nothing else, and this one gave some details. But um, but they made it clear that he wasn't going after the church. He was going after somebody in the congregation, and he literally just walked right in and went right up to him and plugged him. So uh, apparently he did something to him because it was very personal. So uh, I'll keep, yeah, I'll keep tabs on that. They had a press conference uh, yesterday and said they still didn't have a motive. But they're looking. So um, the nice part is we're going to find out what that motive is, hopefully, because it's, yeah. not, it's not here in Utah. So right. there's a you know, non-Mormon police department uh, in, the, in Fallon, Nevada, that's going to get to the bottom of it. So. Yeah, of course. Uh, there was the police force in, how was it, Boulder, Nevada? or Colorado? The city. No, Nevada. Oh, oh, Nevada. That was too heavily. That was Mormon controlled. Oh, yeah, I guess you never know. And city work <laughs> and city workers were actually suing because they job discrimination and everything. I remember that. Long well, t- yeah, I remember you talking about that. Wow. Yep. What happened with that? You know. Uh, I don't. Yeah, we'll have to. I I like to look that. I remember talking. We talked about that on the show a long time ago, and. Um, I remember that, like, it was, I mean, there was so much corruption 
like within the the city government and it was just like a, yeah. a joke and it was all mormon like infiltrated by mormons and they were all basically running the show god it sounds like utah <laughs> i mean their, yeah. their their fingers stretch out you know they're like tentacles right they go all over the place so um Wow. Yeah, you never know. You never know. I mean, hope, the guy, well, the article that I was reading last night, um, uh, the police chief was like really complimentary of the church. And, and uh, he said that, let's see here, let me just find it real quick. He said our, uh, oh yeah, he said when he first arrived at the scene, he was surprised by the strength of the church members. Just a feeling in the room, but they were all shook up, but it was clear that they were there for each other. And that kind of shit really irritates me because they make it sound like it's a Mormon thing. You know, like, oh, in the Mormon church, man, this guy got shot and everyone was like, hey, we're good, we're tough, you know. But that would happen anywhere. Like I said last night, it was a Baptist church or a Jehovah's Witness, wherever it was, people are going to pull together because it's human nature to do so. It has nothing to do with the fact that, oh, it was the Mormons. So they were like, they really had their shit together, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, they try to make it seem like it's exclusive. You know how the church claims, you know, hey, we've got the rights to morality and everything, uh, but it had nothing to do with that. It's just human nature. I mean, if you know, you can be in a, a room with a bunch of strangers and if something like that happens, you guys are going to pull together for each other because that's what we do as human beings. So anyway, I just, I, that just, I don't know, things like that irritate me. Because he's kind of like giving them credit, like, oh, you know, there was like this peace in the room, and oh my God, you know, I mean, maybe he should get baptized next week, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, you know, it's, I mean, it sounds like an article you would read in Utah, like, oh, everybody was, you know, I mean, there was like a massacre, but everyone was calm, and, you know, anyway. Oh, lot, I mean, there's a lot going on right now. A lot. Um, oh yeah, it's just time. It's surprising how many. I know. I mean, every day there's like another article about something, you know. Um, yeah. I'm gonna talk. <laughs> I'm gonna talk more about the uh, the church attorney who wants to throw out the. They're they're telling the judge to throw out the 84, you know, sex assault claim by uh, McKenna Denson, you know, against uh, the MTC president oh, yeah. Joseph L. Bishop. Um, you know, I mean, the church is saying, oh, you need to throw that out. You know, that 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 should not, you know, you shouldn't be allowed to have a lawsuit against us at this point. Um, and and again, there's some I'm going to I'll probably cover this tomorrow. But I mean, this this lawyer that's representing them. I mean, what a piece of shit this guy is. David J. Jordan, you know, and I mean, he's he it says that he currently works as outside counsel for the church defending the institution against multiple allegations of sexual abuse at the hands of various leaders, including former Provo MTC President Joseph L. Bishop. And you know who he's also the attorney? I mean, what else he's representing? The Nav- he's fighting against the, you know, the Navajo Nation and their lawsuit against the church. You know, I mean, so he's like the guy. He's like the guy that's defending them against all these sex abuse charges. So... Yeah, what a piece of shit he is. So, yeah, um, you know, in the church, you know what they're claiming in the Navajo Nation lawsuit, you know, this is back to the Lamanite placement program. They're claiming, because there's like at least five lawsuits now against the church, but they're claiming, well, you know, you can't sue us because it happened in another country. 
Like, you know, I mean, they, 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 they took the kids from the Indian reservations to the United States of America. They're claiming that it's a different country. So therefore, um, you know, they got raped in a different country, so they can't sue them from their country. <laughs> oh, my God, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, hope, I hope they lose their ass on all this. I mean, they need to pay billions. Billions. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah. Anything else that you wanted to mention or talk about that you've had on your mind? Oh, there's all kinds of things that I don't know, but it's like it. <laughs> I mean, you get into it. I mean, yeah. I mean, it is only yeah, four just o'clock. Yeah, one thing. <laughs> oh, the whole night, the whole thing with the McKenna Denson. Yeah. And those allegations really burn me because it's like. What a shock! What a shock! Yeah, yeah. It's like. Yeah, it's like. So, you know, after a talk from the NTC president, who I was in the same time as that creep. Oh, wow. He Was he your president? Yeah. Oh, my God. I had no idea. I knew it was close, yeah. but I didn't know for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and that asshole, while he's raping women, you know, he gave such a talk, you know, against sex and everything that made one of the guys in the dorm, you know, want to off himself because he felt so guilty. Are you serious? Like, one of your, like, in the, in your, was he in your district or in your building or? No, just in the building. Wow. So I don't know the whole detail, but it's just kind of something. And I don't know how serious it was or anything, you know. Well. I wish I could say, yeah, I personally know it, it was like this. It was caused by that. I, you know. Yeah. Personally had to talk him down, but it was just. It was just somebody in the building. It was somebody in the building. Wow. Well, you know, in that recording, if you uh, listen to it, he talks about that sister missionary. Oh, I've listened to it. So you heard the part about... A couple times. Yeah, the sister missionary that was suicidal and she was going to jump off the building or jump out the window. Uh And I mean, he was... He had, you know... I mean, he probably was the reason for that as well. Yeah. You know, and, and I also had a family member in the MTC at the same time that he was there and you were there and and they were suicidal and and they were like seeing demons and and now I'm asking myself shit you know did he do something to them did did he drive them to that point you know uh, I mean I remember I had to go down to the MT I actually I met this guy too because I had to go to the MTC twice with my family to be with my family member who requested that we come down because they were literally losing their shit. And, and we would meet oh. with the mission president, which was him, and my family member uh, to discuss what was happening, and then he'd give her a blessing, and, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean I, I mean, I was like, wait a minute. I know this guy, too, you know. Uh, I mean, he wasn't my mission president, but he was a, a family member's mission president. And so now, yeah. I'm, now I wonder... Was he the reason that, the, that my family member, like, lost their mind? You know, did he take them in the basement? Who knows? Um, Who knows? I mean, they tried to deny that there was ever such a room, you know, at the NTC and everything, but all these ex-workers came yep. forward and talked to the press and said, oh, yeah, it exists. It's right there. <laughs> exactly. When did they get rid of it? How long was it there? I mean, who started it? Yeah. I, you know? I mean, my God, it was probably still there when I was there. I'm like, 
wow. I mean, he was probably like, hey, he probably told the next president, hey, dude, I don't know if you know about this, but there's this awesome rape room in the basement. You're going to love it. Yeah. I, I mean, can you imagine this going on in the MTC? I mean, it's supposed to be uh, the most sac- one of the most sacred places on Earth. I mean, I actually had a brother that told me uh, that had been on a mission, you know, enjoy your time in the MTC because it, it's the most, next to the temple, it's the most sacred place on Earth, you know? Wow. And I'm yeah. like, wow. And, and then you hear the stories about how the demons are attacking and... I mean, we were told these stories about how they were lapping out the windows, and uh, my MTC president saw Satan's demons, like, fly over the mountain, heading straight for the MTC. I mean, you know, we've talked about that. All those bullshit stories, and you've got, like, Nephites in full armor, you know, guarding the doors and the (laughs) windows, and apparently they missed the rape room. There should have been a Nephite down there, you know, guarding the door to the rape room, right? Yeah. (laughs) Oops. Yeah, let's keep the demons out, but let's just let's make sure we keep the demons in, in the MTC. You know, let's keep the the president, you know, in here doing what he's doing. I mean, we had to get special permission to go get our hair cut at the mall. Uh, you know, meanwhile, the MTC president can take women down to the basement, and I mean, wow, that that was a that was unbelievable, man, and and it's been corroborated that that room existed. And uh, there's other yeah. there's other women too that uh, wasn't there one other one that came forward. I thought there was one other one that confirmed the room as well, but she remained anonymous or well, something. Yeah, but several just workers just said, "Well, I don't know what it was used for, but the room definitely exists." And there was a bed down there, right? And when, a mattress and TV and all that. I thought it was just kind of maybe a cot, but yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. I I thought it was like a full blown bed, but I don't know. I guess he doesn't, yeah. you know, he, he just needed, you know, oh my God, how sick. I mean, and, and then everybody attacks her, you know, like, oh, you, you were deceitful and in the way that you... Well, the, <laughs> oh yeah, well, the church and everything attacked her, like, no end. And... Oh yeah, they, they, they created that dossier on her about, you know, like, every, uh-huh. every bad thing she'd ever done in her life and then, like, leaked it to the press and, I mean, wow, I mean, they are... Oh, jeez. I mean... I guess if it comes down to it... Oh, no, that was just Curtin and McConkie, but there's really... Well, yeah. Uh, and, and they, I mean, Curtin and McConkie is, is the church. It's just their, yeah, it's they're, their legal department. They're, they're running the day-to-day operations. I mean, they're in charge. Yeah. So the prophet's a figurehead at this point. I don't know. That's... Yeah. Yeah. That, that's amazing. Yeah, that was a huge story. I, 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 you know, I was actually on the air when all that broke, and I did a, uh, back in February, I did like a whole show about that. Um, before my hiatus, I was able to do one. So um, I'm glad I was able to, you know, talk about that, because that was huge. I covered her press conference when she did her, her press conference and stuff. So that was good. And, you know, and... and yeah. And what's amazing, you know, is, I mean, all of this that's going on about, you know, trying to stop the, the interviews of children and being asked sexual questions, and, and they're not budging. You know, they're still doing it. They're, they're, trying, they're, they're claiming this and that, but they're still doing it. It hasn't changed anything. I mean, I'm just like, wow, they're, they're still interviewing these children. And yeah, there was a... Uh, let me just find this here real quick. There was a story that came out the other day about, 
You know, it reminded me of, you know, Judge Thomas Lowe, you know, the guy that cried when he uh, sentenced. Uh, in fact, maybe when we're done talking, I'll play that for everybody. But, you know, where he literally cried and having to sentence uh, this piece of shit uh, sex abuser, uh, Bishop, you know. And, I mean, he's literally, like, crying talking about, you know, good men do bad things, you know. And he called him yeah. uh, an extraordinarily good man. I mean, a convicted sex abuser. And he agreed that the jury got it right. He agreed with that, that he had done it. And then he starts crying and breaking up and talking about, he's an extraordinarily good man. And, you know, but sometimes good men do bad things. <laughs> it's like, oh mm -hmm. my God, why would you take that stance, you know? Um, but uh, I was going to, there was a story, I don't know if you read this or not, but uh, it was about a man, um, and this was over on Reddit, and basically he, uh, he'd been married for 20 years, and he finally came clean to his wife about what had happened to him. And he talked about how um, basically he was at the temple. He was going through a temple session when he was 13 doing baptisms for the dead, and it was in the Salt Lake Temple, and the children were lined up in the basement of the church taking turn, you know, in this baptism thing and anyway it was his husband's t uh, time uh, to go anyway he was baptized after each name he had a white jumpsuit you know the regular things and then he yeah. was told to uh, once he finished his baptisms he was told to return to the dressing room to dry off and return to his street clothes and he was confused so I guess like you know the other boy stayed but he was told to return and change his clothes so he uh, went back to the dressing room and then he heard, so he was in there alone, and he heard the door open to the dressing room and slam shut, and he had not yet gotten dressed. And guess what? It was the bishop. And the bishop said nothing to him. He walked over, sat next to him. Then he started to molest him. He took down his pants, his own pants, and he sodomized this 13-year-old kid, you know, her husband. And that was yeah. his introduction to sexuality, the bishop raping him in the temple dressing room. And, and he knew that no one in his family would believe him. And so it wasn't until they were married 20 years that he told her what happened that day. And, yeah. you know, and she said there were red flags. Like she should have known that something was wrong. But, I um, mean, overnight he went from a straight-A student to a troubled youth. Uh, they dismissed it at, at his parents that he was a bad kid. Um, and then uh, there was a time when he was angry at his wife and because she let his mom take their newborn to meet members of the ward. And he was uh, furious, you know. He's like, don't ever let our children near those people. And she was like, what? You know, uh, but then everything yeah. came into focus and he told her what happened. And I mean, in the temple, in the temple, you know, child yeah. rape by a bishop in the temple, you know. Wow. I mean, yeah. oh, oh, but this doesn't happen. This doesn't happen, you know. And and and, yeah, how, it does. and how many of these things are happening and no one, just like him, nobody says a word because A, nope. they know that no one will believe them. And you can stop right there, you know. Yeah. Um, so they don't say anything. And then it, 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 ta it torments them their entire life. I mean, is the church going to make good on that? Of course not. They don't give, oh, oh, the statute of limitations have passed. We don't care that he raped you. We're not going to do the right thing. You know, and so he's lived a whole life suffering because of it. I mean, that is just horrific, man. Wow. And, and, and how many other kids did he do that to? That's just one example of what he did to one kid, you know? Yeah. 
So I I I think she should uh I mean I I wish they could release his name, you know, but I understand they don't want to you know be exposed and all that, but man, I wish we could know who that was. So yeah. I I mean, I'm grateful that nothing like that ever happened to me, you know, with a bishop or anything, but um wow. Anyway, this shit goes on all the time. And I would say, it's just like most rape, what, like 90% go unreported. So, I'm sure the majority will yeah. never will never hear about. Oh, of course not. And then especially since we know they take pains to hush anything like that up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Or, you know, they threaten them, you know, basically into silence. Yeah. Or, um, wow. And then you got Mormon judges crying because they have to sentence them for their crimes. I mean, this is, I mean, Utah is one fucked up place, let me tell you. You know it. I know it. <laughs> we know yeah. it. I mean, this place is demented, man. It is not a healthy place to raise your children. So, too much trust, too much blind trust, you know. And, and you know, I, I when I'm out and about, like, I see these guys, you know, like, you know, dressed up on a weeknight. And, you know, he's like a bishop or somebody or, I mean, he's acting like a big deal. And, I, I mean, isn't it amazing how, like, everyone's opinion of people change just because they're a bishop, you know? Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, he, hi, I mean, when you see him in the store, you don't go, hey, Larry. You say, hey, bishop, how you doing? You know, I mean, and they love that. They just eat that shit up. You know? Oh, and it's such, yeah, and if they're a bishop, they assume that they're just something so special about. Yeah. They got the keys to everyone in the ward, and they got special inspiration yeah. from above. They you know something that you don't, you know. Uh, <laughs> and, and the truth is, they don't know shit. They don't know anything more no. than you know. In fact, they probably know less than you. Um, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like Packer in the, uh, you know, follow the rule talk where he says that, you know, you should, you know, marry within your own race, Caucasians, Caucasians should marry Caucasians, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, was, that, was that Packer? I thought that was Kimball. No, that was Packer. It's called follow the rule. It was a talk he gave okay. in 1977 over in Hawaii. And, and well, I mean, you know what? Kimball gave that. Kimball said the same exact things, like, long before Packer did. So, yeah, it's kind of like Packer basically copied the Kimball talk and talked about the gathering of Israel should be, you know, Samoans and Samoa and Japanese and Japan. And, and then he went on to expound on yeah. interracial marriage and all that. But he talked about how the general authorities, he goes, you might notice that some general authorities have married outside their race. But it's okay because we have, you know, inspiration and knowledge that you don't, you know. So, you know, we're the exception, you know. But, but don't worry about the exceptions. Worry about the rule, and then we'll deal with the exceptions later. And so, again, they're always holding yeah. the hot. You know, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Zeus can do this stuff, but you peons, yeah. you puny mortals, don't you dare. Right. Yeah, we'll, we'll worry about that later, you know, the exceptions to the rule. And uh, yeah. because we're stupid and they're inspired, you know, he talked about how uh -huh. he and Packer in this talk, he actually talks about how uh, Kimball's married his wife after he'd known her for three weeks, I think. And they, they got married right away. 
you know, but, but again, he was like saying that, well, but he was inspired, so it was okay, you know, that, uh, yeah. that he did that. So <laughs> again, they're always the, ex they're the exception. We have to follow the rules. Uh, no question about that, you know? Uh, right. So, uh, yeah. But it's interesting that you said that's a Kimball talk because if you Google like the exact quotes in the Packer talk, you'll it'll pull up the Kimball talk, too, uh, because Kimball basically did give that exact many times. Actually, he gave that exact um, you know talk basically because I mean everybody knows Kimball. He's one of the most racist pieces of shit that ever lived in the church. One of them. He's right up there, in my opinion, with Brigham Young. I mean, Always one of them, but yeah. no. Yeah, I just let's see here. There, uh, there's there's ones who are far, far more. <laughs> oh, uh, like Marky Peterson. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he's up there in the you know in the in the the first presidency of uh, racism, so to speak. You know, or the, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, slant eyes and. Uh, you know the Indians are turning white, and I mean he he was like a modern day. He, him and Peterson were probably two of the 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 modern day biggest racists in the church. So, but uh, I, yeah, let me just read this to you real quick. He says, uh, uh, "Then then uh, see uh, there then comes counsel from those who are ordained, and it is known to the world that they are ordained." He's talking about themselves. Uh, this council has application to you who have come from your homelands to learn and then to face the question, where can I serve? Um, you know, you're supposed to serve among your people, he says. There may be exceptions, of course. Um, but uh, yeah. then he wants to talk about the exceptions. Here, let me just scroll down to, uh, uh, let's see here. I mean, he shares all these, you know, bogus stories and stuff, but... He says that, uh, you know, that you'll, you'll find that you should not, you're not part of the exceptions, basically. You know, he says, we've always counseled in the church for our Mexican members to marry Mexicans, our Japanese to marry Japanese, Caucasians to marry Caucasians, Polynesians to marry Polynesians. He doesn't even mention blacks because they weren't even part of the discussion in 1977. Yeah. <laughs> so he says, this council has been wise. You may say again, well, I know of exceptions. He says, I do too. And they've been very successful marriages. I know some of them. You might even say, I can show you local church leaders or perhaps even general leaders who have married out of the race. And I say, yes, exceptions. Then I would remind you of that Relief Society woman's near scriptural statement, we'd like to follow the rule first and then we'll take care of the exceptions. You know, and then of course he talks about how, you know, they have more, basically more inspiration than the rest of us, you know, uh, he says, uh, for every uh, exception, we can show you tens and hundreds, even thousands who are not happy. And then uh, plan young people to marry into your own race. This council is good. Um, you know, and he, he talks about how you may not be the exception. Um, so uh, anyway, <laughs> I mean, it, it just goes on and on. I mean, and this was the year before blacks got the, the, the penis hood and you know, they didn't even mention the blacks. They're not even, not even mentioned. Like, they don't even exist. So, yeah. he mentions all these other races, you know, uh, or, or cultures. You know, Tongans, Samoans, Japanese, Mexicans, Caucasian. You know, isn't it funny how he goes from, like, I mean, he's mentioning, like, Mexicans and, like, different cultures. But when it comes to race, he's mentioning Caucasians. <laughs> 
Yeah. I always found that to be interesting. You know, he's like Caucasians and then Polynesians. Like, like Caucasians is a culture, right? I mean, yeah. It, he didn't say Americans marry Americans. He said Caucasians marry Caucasians. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah, so it's been a pretty tough year on the church. I mean, you know, with the whole MTC thing. And Do you think it's had any impact? Yeah. I mean, I'm just curious. Do you think it's had an impact on the average member? Because I haven't seen it, like, locally where I'm at. I haven't seen where anybody's talking about it or worried about it or anything. Uh, I, no, I haven't either. Wish I could say I had, but no. I mean, do these people not watch the news? Maybe they don't even watch the news. Maybe they're afraid to watch it and they don't even know about it. I have no idea. Uh, yeah. Yeah, who knows if KSL even covers this and that's the news they watch. Yeah, you know what? I don't think that they ever did cover it. Let me uh, let me just do a quick search. But I know at one point in the middle of... Because I did a tweet about it. I'm like, it was, I mean, everything was going crazy and KSL did not even mention it one time. Um, but now they're talking about the motion to dismiss the lawsuit. But initially, yeah. I mean, I don't believe that they covered it at all. So... Uh, I mean, not initially, like when she first came out and the tape came out and everything, they did not uh, say anything about it. Because um, that was like back in February. The only time they started to cover it was when she actually filed a lawsuit against the church in April. But up until then, yeah. not a word. So so now it just looks like uh, some woman out of the blue, you know, according to KSL, is you know, has a frivolous lawsuit against the church and... And now, oh, yeah. you know, and the church is now asking for that to be tossed out because it's all, you know, all the witnesses are dead and it's bullshit. Oh, you know? <laughs> uh, wow. Wait until you hear, uh, you know, what I what the church uh, attorney said. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I should just read it to you now. I mean, I'll cover it again on the show. But I, I mean, it's, sure. it's totally shocking to me. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to figure out if I'm like misunderstanding this or... Or what? But uh, let me just run it by you here real quick, if I can. Uh, yeah, church attorney David Jordan. He said the court shouldn't decide how religious leaders deal with such complaints. Um, I mean, so when a woman uh, claims that she's been raped by the MTC president, she should not be able to go to a court over that. You know, he said no church, yeah. no church owes an obligation to a plaintiff who is claiming sexual assault to take disciplinary action. I mean, so he's saying she shouldn't go to the court to find out what should happen to this guy, and the church owes no obligation to her to take disciplinary action against the guy that raped her. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, is that for real? So, in other words, she has no recourse. So... Yeah. If a bishop or a stake president or an MTC president rapes a woman, she can't go to the courts, and the church owes her no obligation to take any disciplinary action against this man. Wow. Yep. Holy shit. I mean, that's just mind-blowing. And he's saying it publicly. I mean, he's literally stating it publicly in, in, in the Herald Journal News, you know? I'm like, are, yeah. you, are you serious? Like, wow. And then, and then her, what is her claim? 
that her allegations, you know, were ignored. That she went to church leaders, even talked to general authority, and they were ignored. Well, what he just said would corroborate what she's saying, because that's what he's saying, that they should be ignored. And they were. So, wow. Something, that's amazing, right? <laughs> yes. I'm just going, holy shit, man. This is the guy representing the church, you know? And how does he wake up? And I mean, these people don't have a conscience. They have no conscience. So, but, uh, yeah, I mean, even... Or they just, or they just ignore it. Yeah, and then, and then she's claiming that she didn't know that she, you know, she didn't know that they didn't punish the leaders. And then his argument is, well, her own allegations reveal that she knew she was ignored. I mean, this is the church attorney saying, I mean, he's admitting that she was ignored uh, because yeah. her own allegations reveal that she knew that she was ignored. <laughs> I mean, this guy's a dumb fuck, man. Holy shit. Anyway, I, I just, I read that. And I'm going, is this for real? So I had to look this guy up and see who he was and what he's all about, you know. But, uh, yeah. wow, wow. So the church is admitting that they completely ignored. And what did they admit? They admitted that they, they brought him in. They said, did you do this? And he said, no. And they said, okay, you're good to go. So just lie and deny. That's all you got to do. So apparently he didn't, he didn't confess that he, I mean, he did admit at least that he asked her to show him her breasts. I mean, at least he admitted that, but not to the church. He yeah. lied and said, no, 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 I didn't do that. So yeah. anyway, <laughs> oh man, it, it, I mean, you almost feel dirty, you know? After talking about all this stuff, I it's like I need to go take a shower when the show's over. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but hey, it's the one true church. So what can you do? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So uh, by the way, I really you know I know this is uh, a long time ago, but I need to get you know you and Pat back on the show. We need to do that. Um, you know the little factory talk. Uh, we were going to do that. Remember, we had audio problems that night, and yeah. I, and we couldn't do it right, but I got all that worked out, so I need to have you and Pat come back on one night so we can do that show if you guys want to do that. Okay. Um, I know how we all feel about the little factory talk. So, which uh, is now, um, let's see, when Monson became the prophet, it went back on LDS.org. And then when he died, it pretty much, uh, and when Packer died, they've pretty much uh, taken it off LDS.org. So, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, for years it wasn't even on there. And people debated if it was even real. You know, and they're like, I looked it up and it's not even listed in the 1976 priesthood set. It's like, yeah, because they took it down, you know. Yeah. But then they put it up, and I had all the links to it. I mean, they had the video. I'll have to verify, see if it, if any of those links still work. But I have the high-quality video of it. I've got the audio. I got all that. You have the audio of it, don't you? Yes. Okay. So we can make sure that it never dies. They can go ahead and take it down, pretend it doesn't exist, but we got it. So anyway, I just I think that'll be a great show one night to go over. I mean, it's such a horrific talk from start to finish. Wow. So. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I'd read it a lot before, but to hear it is even more devastating. It's like. It really is. You think that it's like, oh, oh, uh, talk about a hate crime being committed. 
<laughs> yeah, the laughter. That's what I mean. Yeah, when I because I'd never heard it. I was like you had only read it, and when I got to hear it and watch it, even watching it's even worse because you see the 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 laughter and the smiles on Packer's face, uh, and then yeah. but that laughter in the audience, man, about punching someone and knocking them down, and you know, and uh, I'm well, not. Gonna, I mean. Basically, what today we would call a hate crime. Yes, they are pro-hate crime. Yes. Oh, not only pro-hate crime, he's he's absolutely delighted about it. Yeah. The audience is thrilled. It's like, oh. I, I mean, what does he say that he, uh, like, he wouldn't, uh, like, he wouldn't omit it. Uh, like, in other words, he says, I wouldn't tell you to do it, but I wouldn't omit it either. And that got the biggest yeah. that got the biggest laugh of everything. I mean, that everyone was like just busting the gut on that one. Oh well, somebody had to do it, and an apostle, you know, an apostle or the leader couldn't do that. But yeah, it wouldn't look good if I did it. But you know, <laughs> yeah, it, it had to happen, so it's, it's good. That... Oh man, I mean, it, it's hard to believe sometimes that, that this is real. Like that this is a real organization that millions of people belong to. <laughs> that has gotten away with all this shit, you know? Yeah. It's like, that. I mean, that should have been enough right there for most decent people to walk away. I mean, when he gave that talk, they should have been like, wow, that was fucked up. I'm out of here. But nope. No, they're, they're, they're good. I mean, I've actually read links of people that were young kids. I mean, weren't, didn't you go to that one? Or did you, you I remember, I thought there was something about you. Uh, were you actually at that? Pat. No. No, Pat. That's right, Pat, yeah. No, I was given that talk in a pamphlet. Right, which the church claims doesn't exist, and uh, but it oh. di- but it did, and I I have it. I have a copy of it. Um, it existed for years. Yeah, my my one friend who went on a mission, he said they had stacks and stacks of it uh, in the mission office, and they'd hand them out to people like candy, you know. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, two young men only. Yeah. Yep, I have it. And, and when you, yeah, and it was the right. They had stacks of them. They gave them out to every kid. Yep. Uh, <laughs> he delivered that in '76. Like I said, that was quite a bit, you know. Uh, yeah, it has been criticized on various grounds, such as when it encourages violence against homosexuals. No, duh. I know, yeah, exactly. Well, and they, but they, they used that pamphlet till just two years ago. Yeah, I know. You're right. They did. They, and, did, uh, they, they did not stop publishing that horrid thing till two years ago. They, they quit using it. You know, they quit giving it out quite so much. They kind of waited till somebody said that they had problems with you know masturbation or something. Right. But yeah, I mean, the church, not, I mean, yeah, this wasn't just a talk. They thought this thing, you know, with uh, the glorification of the hate crime and everything was so great that it was published as a pamphlet and used for 30 years. Yep, yep. I know. Or, or more, well, let's see. 76 to two. 2016, so. Yeah, isn't that amazing? I mean, 
Wow, that's a long yeah. time to do that. Um, by the way, I just uh, I I put in uh, to young men only. Forty it, years. Forty years they used it. Oh yeah, years. yeah. Forty forty years. You're right. Oh, exactly. Like up until two years ago. Yeah. You know, and and then people say, well, that's not official doctrine, or oh bullshit. Come on. I mean, they had a. Pe- it was published. Okay, that is official doctrine. I mean. How much more thing it was published in the enzyme? Yep, exactly. And oh, it wasn't. Po- Wait a minute, I'm looking at. Uh, it was not published in the enzyme. Instead, it was published as a 14-page pamphlet, which is even more powerful than the enzyme, actually, because yeah, it was you know. a specific pamphlet and. When I was like going through the priesthood thing, they newly just published that, so yeah, I got a copy of it. Right. And so for years, that was like super common. They gave it to every young man getting the priesthood. I bought mine online about five years ago. <laughs> I went and looked for it, and I'm like, oh, there it is. Because nobody, everyone was saying yeah. it was bullshit. It never happened. And, you know, and I was like, you know, I'm going to go buy the pamphlet and. Yeah, and they were saying that while they were still publishing it. Exactly. And, and, of course, they when they started getting, they were getting so much flack for it. Yeah. The last few years they published it, they made it harder to get to get it. But but you could buy it from their distribution center. Right. Uh huh. Which I didn't even realize. Yeah. I should have just bought it from them. Had my receipt. Right. You know. <laughs> But it, yeah. And so, yeah, November 21st of 2016, the trip put out the article, The LDS Church Retires Mormon Apostles' Little Factory Pamphlet. You know, uh, I mean, it was actually a news story in the Tribune, you know, that they were retiring this pamphlet that supposedly never existed. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> For 40 yeah. years oh. it existed, all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just want to say one thing about Pioneer Day. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is a celebration of such a... Oh. Surprise. And you know what I mean, surprised me to learn? What's that? That the whole Seagull thing was a complete fabrication. Yeah, I think I've heard that. So it never really... Like, the whole Seagulls and the Crickets and all that didn't really happen? No. Other than uh, periodic waves of, you know, crickets and locusts, you know, are a thing. Right. And that seagulls will eat anything. Yeah. So they were just like, hey. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, the the truth was the seagulls wasn't, didn't come in and save the crops and eat all the crickets and everything. Right. Yeah, the seagulls did come in and eat the crickets. It was part of the regular diet, but it wasn't like some big miraculous thing. It was just part of the normal natural cycle, and that's all that happened. And right. the whole story of the miraculous goal and everything. Yeah. It goes back to what I've always said. Do you know what it takes to make a miracle? What's that? At a minimum. <laughs> what? 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Right. 15 to 20 years. Uh, and that story was starting published in the forerunner of the Desert News, or maybe it was the Desert News, 
and just kind of went up there starting around like 1865. So, wow. And everyone was like, Hey, a miracle. Wasn't. Yeah. So it wasn't quite 20 years, but it was long enough for people's memories to fade a bit, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I mean, like the whole, uh, the tithing thing, you know, the windows of heaven and Lorenzo's snow, that never happened either. That's all bullshit, you know? Yeah, that was a complete, complete fabrication. I mean, to learn that the whole thing, you know, you thought it was just the big rainstorm was just coincidental, but that the whole thing... Yeah, and then they had massive flooding, and it was actually months after the fact. It had nothing to do with the tithing or his visit yeah. or, you know, anything. And then you know who adapted it, you know, to film and all that stuff. And the film strip was uh, Hinkley. You know, I mean, he was the one behind that whole thing. So yes. in like 1959, it was the church was in another financial crisis right before they sealed up their financial records. And he came across this story and said, "Hey, let's promote this. This will be great, and we'll get the tithing running, and we'll be uh, yeah. we'll be good." You know. So. Isn't that amazing? I mean, they just, I mean, I mean, I don't know if any of the stories are true. I mean, you find out as, yeah. as you move along, you're like, is anything ever that I heard true? No. <laughs> it's not. In fact, uh, the Bonneville International, a holy church owned and run company, yeah, actually sells its media consulting services Yeah. with a brand that they have copyrighted called Heart Cell. Really? Okay. Yeah. And, like, do you remember uh, a few years back, they built the whole special theater for in the Joseph Smith building and everything? Yeah. The Legacy Theater? Yeah, I've been to it. I saw the original movie. They use that movie as a prime example. And they say, don't try to sway your audience with facts or, you know, truth or logic. Yeah. Sway them with emotion. We'll train you, we'll create a special presentation for you using our patented heart cell technique, which will move them in their hearts. Wow. Heart cell. Heart cell, yeah. So they've actually copyrighted, the church actually copyrighted the term in cells. Really? <laughs> yes. And, and sell services to sell emotion manipulating messages. Well, we we know that if Christ was here, that's what he would have done. So, right? Uh-huh. I mean, uh, sure. heart, heart cell. So, did they scrap that then? Did you say? No. Not that I know of. Let's see here. Uh, Three years ago, somebody says that uh, they couldn't find it on the Bonneville website any longer, but uh, says that they removed any reference to it on their site. But it's on the ar- there's a, a link to it on archive.org. Uh, let me look here real quick. Seems like I remember you mentioning this once before, a long time ago. I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. Heart cell, yeah, affecting change by reaching the hearts and minds of our audiences. Here, I'll send you the link. On the, uh, uh, let's see here. Let me just pull it up here real quick. Wow, that's really interesting. How did you learn about that? I didn't even know anything about that. Uh, 
episode 250, Mormon Expression. Oh, okay. Is one of the best sources to go on it. They hmm. Fascinating. Specifically. So, and, 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 and I know that this is true because we were told to do this on our mission, you know, like to, you know, to reach for the, their, you know, yeah. their soul and to, you know, emotions and, yeah. uh -huh. and all that. Uh -huh. I mean, we were taught that in the MTC. Right. So, wow. Yeah, there you go. Um, we maintain an ongoing public service relationship with more than 11,000 radio and TV stations. Um, so, I mean, they're just trying to convince you emotionally, which is what the church is all about. That's what testimony... Yeah. That's what testimony meetings about, you know, is emotions, emotions, uh -huh. emotions. EFY, you know, when you get done with all the fun activities, you have that big testimony meeting the last night, and all the kids get up yep. and bear their testimonies and cry, and it gets all emotional and stuff. I mean, that's what it's all about. So maybe they don't talk about it anymore, but they're still doing it. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, they were selling this as a business. Wow. So people, like, were actually, like, uh, having to buy the rights to it type thing for them? Did they, were they, like, going around, like, uh, talking to groups and stuff? No, they would said we will make a presentation or commercial okay. or whatever for you using a specific method that will manipulate emotion. And they use the legacy movie as a prime example of how good they could do it. Oh, and it worked because I went the I went to see that movie with uh I had a niece and nephew that were in town and we went and saw that and I remember cuz it yeah. shows Joseph Smith getting tarred and feathered and all that stuff and Right. I remember look, looking over at them and they were crying, you know. And when the movie was yeah. over, they said, "Why would they have done that to such a great man?" you know. So, well, yeah, it's like, well, and you know what the truth is? They did tar and feather him. And you know why they tar and feathered him? Um, yeah, I mean, basically, uh, because he was hitting on the, you know, guy's sisters and wives, right? Uh, well, yeah, it's because, okay, so he was accosted by the mob for, uh, that's why they wanted to castrate him. They were saying, like, raping or at least seducing uh, a very, several young uh, ladies. Right. 15 years or younger. And the plan was to castrate him. Right. And they turned and feathered him. That was the, oh, what they, re that was the, oh. When nobody would have the nerve to actually do the castration. Yeah, they brought a doctor with them, and he was supposed to do it. I can't remember the doctor's name, but there was a he doctor. He was supposed to do it, but then he, he, he refused to do it. He said, that's too cruel to do to anybody. Yeah. And so since they refused to, and nobody else would do the castration. Damn it. So they did the tarn feathering. Imagine all the women they, they could have saved by doing that. Yeah. You know? Wow. Yeah, so the tar and feathering, I mean, he actually got lucky. I mean, that was that was like a blessing uh, to be tarred and feathered compared to what they did want to do to him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, I would like to see them show in the movie, oh, and then they castrated him. Oh, shit, you know. <laughs> if, yeah, if, if they, or, or show that it had nothing to do with. Yeah, I mean, they made it look like uh, he was just being persecuted because of the church. Like, he, you know, restored the church, and he was a good man, and people wanted to get him for that, you know. And it had yeah. n- nothing to do with that. Nope. Wow. Um, you know, uh, you reminded me of the, uh, you know, the lipstick talk by Packer. Or I'm sorry, by uh, Ballard. And it was playing on the station on Ex-Mormon Radio earlier. And a lot of people forget, I mean, because you always remember the lipstick comments, but you forget the other things that he says in there. And, I mean, he talks, uh, you know, about how they can never lead you astray. And, I mean, right at the end, he goes into detail. But one of the main things he says right at the end is, uh, don't ever question the church. Don't get into that. You don't, I mean, he's, he's like, you, you know that we're the real deal that we're, you know, apostles of God, and, and you don't have to ever worry about uh, us leading you astray. You don't have to ever question anything we say. You don't have to ever question the church. I mean, he goes on, like, into detail about that, you know. And uh, no one ever talks about that because you forget about it, you know, because of the big, you know, the comment about <laughs> put on a little lipstick and stop trying to look like men. Yeah. Uh, but if you listen to that whole talk, I mean, there's a lot of shit in that talk, man. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. And I have the whole thing on there. So um, it was hard to come by, but I found it. There was, um, yeah, I mean, at one point they had, the, I think they had video of it too, but then that disappeared. And there was audio of the whole thing, like the other speakers, but eventually it was just Ballard and I got it back then. Um, and I have it available for download out there if people want it. So, but again, I mean, just kind of going back to the whole, you know, you can trust us. Don't ever worry about anything we say. Don't worry about anything we teach. Don't even question it. I mean, he literally says, you don't have to ever question anything that we teach you. Ever. You know, it's like, wow. Yeah. So, interesting. Yeah, we'll never lead you astray. No, no. He, they can't, you know. I mean, he's given that. Yeah. He's, he has said that so many times. Uh, I, I would say he is the official leader in saying that, you know. Um, in in one talk he gave at BYU, he said, "Keep your eyes riveted on us. We can never lead you astray," you know. So, yeah. So that's what they want. I mean, back to the whole, you know, this heart cell you're talking about. I mean, that's what they want. They just wanted to be pure emotion, no intellectual thought, no questions, no thinking at all, you know. They just want you to just totally believe whatever they say, no questions asked. I mean, what's the old saying, you know, when, you know that, um, who was the guy, you know, this, you know uh, that said, you know, once the prophet has spoken, the thinking is done? Oh, uh, that was, oh. I always forget who said that. Was it, wasn't it the guy uh, that became? Oaks. Was it Oaks? Okay. I thought it was the old guy that was prophecy here. Uh, I thought it was, um, oh shit, what's his name? Uh, uh, the one that after Grant. Um, no, 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 it wasn't George Albert Smith. Uh, shit, who was it? I, w- I always thought it was the, the big home teacher guy. Oh, no, it was McKay. also, it is wrong to criticize the leaders, even if the criticism oh, is yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, and that's... Yeah, that one's a big one. That's in my intro. I thought it was David O. McKay. 
I can't remember, but somebody said once the prophet has spoken, the thinking is done. It might have been Benson, actually, yeah. I'm thinking. Because he made, he made a lot of those comments in the 14 Fundamentals talk. Um, and then there has, I mean, of course, fair disputes, whether it's ever been said or not. Um, let's see, yeah, once the prophet has spoken, <laughs> the thinking is done. I mean, you heard that growing up, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I heard, that my, I heard that my whole life. Um, yeah, of course, Fair says, oh, it was never really said. And um, let's see here. Oh, it was the home teaching mess message. Okay, so that's official. Entertaff, uh It was Benson, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, there you go. When our leaders speak, the thinking has been done. I mean, and, and Fair is going to dispute that. Well, when that the was... prophet speaks, the thinking is done. <laughs> there you go. Wow. When when they propose a plan, it is God's plan. When they point the way, there is no other way which is safe. When they give direction, it should mark the end of controversy. God works in no June? other way. <laughs> yeah, I just googled it. June in the in the improvement era, which later became the enzyme. Right. It was in there in June 1945 as the word teaching method message for the month if you have a chance to send me that link i'd appreciate it wherever you found yeah. that that'd be great i sent you the link on uh the what did i send you here and this is actually on fair mormon oh really oh so you're on the fair one okay i skipped that is that where okay yeah, so let's see here so you can't say i'm making that up either no, and, and what are they saying about it, that it wasn't official or something? No, they actually said it was the fourth. No, that's <laughs> what they said, that that was quoted in the new... <laughs> wow. Isn't that great? I mean, don't you love FAIR for that? I mean, like, they're, they're the painfully... The improvement era in June 1945, <laughs> and it was the home teach, the war teaching message. Wow. Um, let's see here. And the prophet, let's see, the teacher. Yeah, so I just started typing in that whole phrase. Google just spilled it out. The, the and the prophet But the speaks. first part of it. Oh, it's wonderful. Yep, yeah, the thinking is done. Uh, yeah, let's see, the statement originally appeared in the improvement era. I mean, and then you have people say, well, that's not official. That's, you know, and I don't know if they go on to say that here, but, I mean, people say, well, that was just in a magazine. Yeah, a church yeah, owned ben, and operated and printed magazine. Yeah, in '45, then uh, when the when the first presidency speaks, the debate is over. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The whole uh, the whole first presidency commentary in August 1979 in the end time. Nice. Yeah, let me pull up. So, uh, let's see. so it's been said multiple times. <laughs> oh yeah yeah and, and they still say it in different ways i mean they say it yeah, all the time yeah. um but uh i know it's in the 14 fundamentals too a, a different version of it um oh yeah i mean of course it's he, in, yeah it's in uh what was that that was benson's yeah 14 fundamentals right yeah which uh, has been used just recently oh yeah they love it I mean, he, he talks about how 
You know, the, the prophet, and I mean, the 14th one is the prophet in the presidency, the living prophet in the first presidency. Follow them and be blessed, reject them and suffer. So, yeah. I mean, there's another version of it. There's all kinds of versions. Uh, earlier on, he talks about how if the prophet tells you to do something wrong and you do it, you'll be blessed. Yeah. So, I mean, but... Oh, but, but that would never happen. Right. Yeah, that would... that. But, you know, I, I brought it up, but it's never going to happen. I just thought I'd say that. <laughs> you know? Like, why would you bring it up then? You know, why would you say if the prophet tells you to do something wrong... You know, do it anyway, yeah. and then you'll be blessed. Oh, but, yeah, I'm just kidding. That would never happen. It's like, what? Wait a minute. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, my God. It's just insane. Uh, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, always keep your eye on the president of the church, and if he ever tells you to do anything and it's wrong, and you do it, the Lord will bless you for it. Then with a twinkle in his eye, he said, but you don't need to worry. The Lord will never let his mouthpiece lead the people astray like oh god yeah so anyway well all right it's been a long time man i'm just i'm glad that you know we're back doing this and i plan on doing it every night so i'm hoping to crank out 100 shows between now and the end of the year and you and i need to get back on our end of the year show um yeah we did one last year we did it later after the new year but we did do one i think the year before we didn't yeah. do one but uh Let's see. We didn't do one. Yeah, we did one this year, but we didn't do it last year. Is that right? Yeah. But, but we did one the, I, the the first year. Yeah. So, I mean, we're coming up on three years. It's hard to believe. But um, I'm looking forward to that. So there's been a lot. I mean, you, you always think, like, what could happen this year, you know, that we could talk about? And then there's just shit happening all day long, every day, it seems like. Yeah. Especially with Nelson, man. That guy. Wow. He is, uh, I mean, what do you think about Nelson? You think he's doing a good job? <laughs> Gutting the church? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. He's certainly... I mean, he did his world tour. something, I guess. What's that? Uh... And he did that world tour, you know. I mean, I, I didn't get a yeah. chance to cover that very much, but... Um, I want to talk a little bit about that at some point because, I mean, it, some of the things that were said during that tour were just just jaw-dropping. Um, yeah. I was like, wow. And, and then, of course, he was, uh, he was over in Israel when shit was going down, and so they hurried and got him out of there. You know, they were like, whoa, like they changed plans and got him out quickly because they were there was like you know some bombs dropping and and uh over in syria and they were like oh too close we got to get nelson out of here picnic season at arby's each purchase of an arby's <laughs> market for <a> sandwich <laughs> are you promoting arby's come on <laughs> no they have the meat. wanted ads i'm <laughs> trying to look up channel four news and I, yeah, I know, they've always got their damn ads on there. Um, yeah, and I forgot to turn the sound off. So any thoughts on the missionary that fell off a cliff in Australia? Uh, I hadn't really heard about it till just listening to... Yeah, they're not, I mean, people aren't really talking much about it, but it kind of makes you wonder, you know. Um, I hope that there were more people there to witness it than just him and his companion. 
because yeah. if it was just him and his companion and no other witnesses, we really don't know what happened. So, you yeah. know, like I said, that one guy, you know, everyone said he fell in front of a, of a train, but the truth was his companion shoved him in front of the train. So you, right. you, you don't know. I mean, you, you just don't know the truth, and he's not alive to tell us. You so. know. Yeah. I mean, I, oh, guys, hey, uh, I just had to call you. I'm, I'm sorry, but my companion, he was like walking on the edge of a cliff and he fell off, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, usually when you have those type of stories like that, there's like a couple out hiking and she falls off the mountain. Um, they, they usually take a look at the husband and go, okay, did she really fall off or did he push her? You know, and they do a full blown investigation. But I can promise you if that were to be the case here, the church isn't going to do any type of investigation. So, Let's see here. Oh, hey, if you, uh, you can watch the Days of 47 and win a trip to Yellowstone. So you better tune in tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> you, you better tune in. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. And I think the parade, they only... Uh, it's only the only MCs are. I think it's only KSL that covers it, right? Yeah. Well, they used to have the the other channel used to show it too. Yeah, and they don't. But they now. got. But the ratings have gone down so low that yeah. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's crazy. Yeah. So they they did that for a few years when people actually cared about the parade. You know, I, I thought, of, I mean, last year when I went to check it out to record it, and it was only on KSL, I was like, man, I swear that, like, Channel 4 used to carry it, or Channel 2. Yeah. And uh-huh. I was like, what the hell, you know? And it was only KSL, but yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it used to be on at least two channels. It was probably covered by yeah. all three at one point, I bet. I don't know that it was. But I know it was on at least two. I think it was Channel 4. I think it was four and five. I don't know if two covered it. I think it was four and five. I don't know. I know. We, I mean, KSL for sure. But wow. Let me just uh, verify tomorrow the schedule here. Um, let's see here. Online guide. Let me just pull it up here and verify. Um, oh, we used to go. I mean, I don't know about you, but we used to go to it every year. I've only been couple times we never went we just went to hand cart days okay yeah my dad he used to uh go down and put on our chairs and all that stuff you know it's like it was pretty exciting we you know meet him down there he'd go in advance and get everything lined up for us and so back in the day when we were true believers baby let's see here let me just uh check the schedule here I think it starts at 9. I'm trying to see. Could be 10. 9 or 10. If I can get the guide to come up. Uh, hell, I guess I could just go to KSL.com. I'm sure that'll tell me. But I wanted to uh, verify I wasn't going to be on any other station. So, so you're saying the ratings just got so bad that they just bagged it? Yeah. Years, years ago. It hasn't been on two stations for, like, 20 years. <laughs> really? Has it been that long? Wow. Oh, it's it's been a long time, yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's... I mean, to the morals, it's still a huge deal, but to other people, it's just like, 
Yeah. Well, it's kind of like making a movie called Meet the Mormons, and it was only for Mormons to meet the Mormons because no one else cared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's the one they're showing in the big uh, visitor center theater instead of Legacy now. But it's the new one, right? They did a second one. It's the second one, right? Uh, well, they didn't do a complete new one. They just filmed new segments, so. Oh, okay. So they shown the first one, and then they've added on to it? Is that what they've done? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, so they, they rotate out the second. Yeah, so they filmed a bunch of new segments and took out the boringer ones, and they still have a couple of the ones from the original. Wow. <laughs> And that was like the biggest joke of all. That movie, man, I, I forced myself to watch it, but it took me, it took me multiple viewings. Like I could only take it in like five to ten minute increments. Um, yeah, I, I just, well, I mean, the story of the candy bomber is actually really quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, but not the Meet the Mormons one. That really truncates that and everything. They did a better interview and free of all the, well, I'm just going to propaganda. Oh, yeah. On a KUED special on him that was an hour just on, you know. Right. Well, yeah. I'm him doing that, and he got it all started and everything, you know, and that's a really great story. Right. Yeah, it is. And it was just a coincidence that it happened to be a Mormon guy. <laughs> right. Once again, it was just he happened to be in the right place at the right time, and... Yeah, and the church had nothing at all to do with that. Yeah, exactly. They're just trying to piggyback on the brilliance of somebody who was just raised in the church. <laughs> yep. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. You yeah. know, and it was just a state of circumstances that led him to start doing that. And I mean, once again, they're trying to take credit. Like, this happened because he was a Mormon. It couldn't have happened otherwise. Yeah. You know, which yeah. is BS. Yeah, which which is total BS. It could have, you know, it was during the, I think that was during the Berlin Air, Berlin Airlift. Okay. Yeah, I mean, in, in, yeah, I don't know. That show, I mean, like I always joked, you know, it was it was uh, Mormons meeting Mormons. I mean, that's what, yeah. it, I mean, no one really, outside of Mormonism, nobody gave a shit. There were probably no converts uh, that came from that. I mean, or very, very few, if any. Um, no, I think, sad to say, but I think they've gotten from uh, the thing that's gotten them more... Uh, oh, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> more converts than anything, it's sadly. <laughs> exactly, which is insane. Like, how could you go see that movie and then be, hey, I want to be a part of I this this joke? Uh, wow. I mean, you got to be pretty twisted to yeah. to see that musical and be like, damn, I want to be a part of this. How do I get baptized? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know the other thing that I came across the other day when I was looking stuff up is the uh, the Hill Kimura pageant. There was actually a big story about how. Uh, Mormon missionaries are now banned from the pageant. They they won't allow Mormon missionaries to be there because basically the only people there are Mormons because nobody else is going to it anymore that isn't a Mormon, so there's no reason to have the missionaries well, there. Well, my thing is so... <laughs> oh, I know. Well, and that's the other thing, too. I mean, this is, this is a piece of... 
this was corny in the 50s. Right. Yeah. When they did it, and it's the same thing. They haven't updated it. I mean, they're still pantomiming to the same script. Right. Well, and, and then they like added the volcano, and then a lot of the actors were complaining that the volcano was too loud, and they no one could hear they them. They added a volcano? <laughs> yeah, they added a volcano at some point. <laughs> oh. But... The guy that ran it up until 1998, I mean, I'll have to find the article and, and read some of it to everyone, but the guy that uh, was guiding it till 98, he's like talking about how it used to be major traffic jams and there were, you know, when whenever the pageant yeah. was going on, it was crazy. And he said, we drove by last year and it was like nothing was happening. He said there was no traffic or anything. So he just basically said that it's becoming... Uh, you know, people are less interested in it than they've ever been. <laughs> I'm like, yep, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, so I mean, he's pointing out there's no reason to send the missionaries when there's nobody there for the missionaries to talk yeah. to. <laughs> well, I mean, it's so old, so dated, and so boring. Yeah. Mormons don't even want to see it anymore. It's just... <laughs> That's a good point. The even things, they don't want to see it, the, yeah. The uh, thing's a joke. I mean... There's the Hill Kimura pageant, which I think they've rewritten and, you know, updated. Right, yeah. With new have. effects and actually changed all the time over the years because they're actually trying to attract people. Right. The Mormon Miracle pageant, like I say, hasn't, cha hasn't really changed much. It's pretty much the same script since it started. I've never seen, I've never been to either one, but uh, I had to go to the... Oh, I've been to... I should go to that one at least. I've been to the... As, as a kid, we used to go to that every year, you know, and, oh, it was a, yeah, it was a big thing, and they shut down traffic in town and made your walk. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, on the whole area around the temple, and it used to be a big thing, and the steak center used to sell, like, chicken dinners, or... They would sell them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah, they, they were actually for... a fairly reasonable price but yeah that was their like uh scouting you know youth programs budget yeah yeah i mean manti they would have all these people and there weren't enough restaurants and that to handle anything so right at the ward house they would have you know seats all over the gyms and be cooking and be just you know people would line up and just they'd be selling these you know they'd be selling dinner for you know just by the time well, I'm going to predict. I guess I'm going to prophesy. Like five bucks. Five bucks a dinner. Yeah, and that was years, years ago. You know. But. Well, I'm going to I'm going to predict. I'm going to prophesy that in the next few years they're probably going to get rid of the Hill Kimura pageant, and then I think they'll probably get rid of that one too, the Manti one. I think. Oh yeah. They're, yeah, they're, I... they're just going to bag it. I mean, they realize now it's, there's no point. The, the the jig is up. Everyone knows they're you know a bunch of bullshit and. You know, they're not going to... I, The interest, like you said, even Mormons aren't interested anymore. So when you lose yeah. your core audience, what's the point? I mean, you already lost everybody else because of the Internet, so they don't care. They don't want anything to do with you. And the missionaries have saturated the world to the point where nobody wants to see them or hear anything about the church. So you might as well just cancel it all, you know? You, you might as yeah. well you might as well cut the penis session back to once a year, and the women's conference to once a year, and you know, 
Um, but apparently they're making some big changes this year. Let's see here on the uh, Manti. Let's see the Mormon Miracle Pageant. Um, it says that, uh, let's see, this year's organizers have made some fun minor tweaks that make it much more interesting to watch. Uh, maybe they're going to be naked, right? Or something. <laughs> um, let's see, what are they doing different here? Uh, let's see, uh, President Mitt Olson explained, you can now experience uh, finding out who some of your potential relatives might be in the audience. What? What's he talking about? Uh, people who attend download the free app called Family Tree. Oh my God! You gotta be. Are you serious? <laughs> they can use a feature called Relatives Around Me. That means if you're sitting in the audience and you press the Scan for Relatives button, the app will show you other people also using the feature and your possible genetic connection. Oh my God! <laughs> wow, man, that is like desperation beyond comprehension. I mean, like, don't don't pay attention to the show. Just start using this app and find out who's related to you genetically in the audience. Oh, my goodness. I mean, can you believe that shit? Well, uh, I got to do something to try to make. <laughs> oh, oh, and he also said this is the first year <laughs> they're shooting arrows at a member of the cast during the Samuel the Lamanite scene. Oh, wow. Holy shit. I better go this year, man. I gotta check this out. They're, they're actually gonna shoot arrows for the first time at Samuel the Lamanite. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, he gets up on a wall. He's preaching. The crowd shoots arrows at him. Yeah. Um, well, they have to have the Samuel the Lamanite scene because that's actually the only cool part of the pageant. <laughs> well, they've never. They actually use the wall of the temple, and he, he actually jumps off it. Is it? Is he really up on a high wall? Do they actually put him up on a high wall? Yeah. So the guy that plays Samuel the Lamanite is Joshua Peterson, and he said he's putting his trust in the cast members to miss him. With oh, are they shooting real arrows? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, would that be cool? I mean, he's up there on the wall. And he's like, I trust that you're gonna miss me, and they're like, Oh fuck! They hit him right in the chest, you know. And off he goes. Oh, my God. Like, they better have an ambulance there just in case he gets hit, you know. Uh, wow. Wow, that's amazing. Um, man, I'm speechless. What can I say? Uh, so, oh, and this year they replaced 112 pioneer dresses for the women and made them all by hand. Wow. Well... I gotta go, man. I want to see who's related to me. I want to see this guy get arrows shot at him. I want to see the new dresses. I mean, that's exciting stuff. Uh, and that tells me right there that that pageant's about done, right? I mean, it's gotta yeah. it, it's gotta be winding up. I mean, when you start doing that shit. Wow. Channel Four did a whole segment on it. I might have to play that for everyone. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's hoping they're gonna miss him, you know. With those arrows, he's like, uh, yeah, I'm just going to try. I mean, he makes it sound like they're real, man. It's crazy. Let me see here. They're, they're showing the arrows right now. Wow, man. They're like like hard plastic arrows. Uh-huh. So they're really going to shoot these arrows at him. I mean, if he does get hit by one of them, it's probably going to knock him off the wall. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, shit. Every time you, you know... You think you've heard it all. <laughs> but they're excited. They're like, yeah, man, we're going to be shooting arrows at this guy. First time ever. you got to come see it. 
I mean, that might be worth going to see, actually. Just to see if he gets hit, you know? I mean, what if they hit him, like, right in the head, you know? They hit him right in the forehead. Just knock him. I mean, how is that wall? I mean, is it really, like, you know, 8 feet, 10 feet? Is he really on a high wall? It's a, yeah, it's, a, it's probably 10 feet, yeah. So if he got knocked off the wall, I mean, that could be a problem, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, he jumps off the wall, but I'm sure, you know, they have something behind it that's, you know, trampoline okay. or something. Well, hopefully they surround the whole wall with something in case he gets hit. So, I mean, I really wouldn't want to see this guy. And can you imagine, like, Samuel Lamanite gets hit by an arrow and dies, you know, during the Manton yeah. pageant? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't know why I never... You know what? My family, I mean, they like I always say, they were converts, and... So we were just never really that into the whole Mormon culture thing. Like, uh, you know, you've got, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, Joseph Smith's guy that gave him, like, the five grand. Uh, I'm forgetting his name, uh, you know, for the Book of Mormon. He was the kooky guy that's in the the cartoon. Dum-dum-dum-dum-dum. Uh, what the hell What the hell is his name? Uh He's buried out in, like, Clarkston or Lewiston, Utah. Um, oh, God. Martin Harris. Yes, thank you. Yeah, the, they have a Martin Harris yeah. pageant, right? They do that every year out yes. there. No, they don't do it every oh. year. It's every other year. Oh, okay, every other year. Did so? Yeah, and they're not doing it this year. And that one costs money. You got to pay to get in. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Yeah, they in Clarkston. That one. Yeah, you actually have to pay that. Yeah, and they do it on uh, amphitheater. They set up out at the grave site. Right. Where he was buried. Yeah, yeah, Clarkston, Utah. Yeah, you know, they don't mention the fact really or make a big deal that Martin Harris actually left the church. I know. I mean, it seems like the members seem oblivious to how all these guys left the church or got excommunicated. Yeah, or how many different religious movements Harris joined. All right, and he was a complete nut job. I mean, well, yeah, he fought, yeah, he fell for Joseph Smith. Right. I mean, oh my god. I mean, that was a lot of money back then, man. Um, five thousand dollars. Wow. Let me just, let me see what five thousand dollars was worth in uh, let's say 1830. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, I'm just, I mean, I'm sure his family and wife were really happy about that. Um, let's see here. $5,000 in 1830 with the inflation calculator. Um, let's see here. Um, yeah, so it would be like uh, 127000 now, they say. So he gave Joseph Smith like the equivalent of $127,000. That was a shitload of money, man. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, and he. Oh, never... they charge for parking now. Oh, do they really? Wow. Uh huh. Yeah, I had that up, but I didn't look at that. So uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah. Uh. So, yeah, there is paid parking across the street from the temple and the Manti High School parking lot. Wow. The Clarkson, and they'll be doing that next year. Maybe I'm going to start going to these pageants just for the hell of it, so I can know. Oh, they and they still do the dinners. Uh, nine bucks for a turkey dinner. 
Now, are you doing Man Manti or uh, Martin Harris? This is Manti. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, when they do the Martin Harris pageant, the local ward there sells dinners, too. Man. At least so, I mean, it's all about making money any chance you get, right? Um, yeah, so they sell that, and apparently they have a food court area set up just close. How much is, how much is the parking? Don't know. Doesn't say. Just says paid. Wow. Manti pageant. Uh, yeah, I mean, when is this going to be? Uh, oh, they already had it this year. Uh, it's in June. Yeah, it's 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 Oh, fast. damn it. Well, I'm guessing that he didn't get hit by the arrows, hopefully. I mean, we haven't heard anything about it, so but <laughs> amazing. Huh. You know, the church would be smart. Do they ever sell videos of this stuff? I mean, they'd be smart to like sell the videos, you know. Uh, they have part of it, but yeah, not the Wow. Lodging, food, oh yeah, food court, turkey dinner, wow. It says, the Mormon Miracle Pageant is a great way to make me uh, memories with your family and friends. Make a memory this year. So, don't you think it's just a matter of time before they get rid of all this stuff? I mean, they're, they're kind of, I mean, they've headed in that direction. I think eventually this will be gone, uh, all the pageants will be gone. Probably. Martin Harris. I mean, they'll keep Martin Harris, though, I think. Because the people... Well, you know. as, as long as people buy tickets, they'll keep it because it makes money. Yeah. Yeah, or I mean... They, since that one charges, that one's not costing them anything. Okay, so maybe they'll keep it going. I mean, I used to believe that, too, until they shut down the, the, the Haunted Lagoon at the Polynesian Cultural Center. They were making millions on that. But... I think yeah. I had I think I had something to do with that one, so. I think that was a lot. That probably a lawsuit or something on that one. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I expose like the horrific backstory they were using, you know, about death and drowning children and, and, and Monson saying he thought it was cool and, um, yeah, I, I hammered the hell out of them on that, but something happened there because they were making. I mean, the lines were, like you know, all through the parking lot. They were literally making millions. They claimed they only needed to have so many people, uh, you know, per night, and they were getting, like, ten times that. So they were raking in the money, but, I mean, you know, can you, I mean, a, a church doing a story, you know, about death and drowning children and depression and, uh, you know, I mean, what kind of story is that? So, yeah, they shut that down. <laughs> But that, I mean, that's one of the only examples I know of of something that was really making them a lot of money that they shut down because they don't normally ever do that. So. Yeah. Anyway. Well, all right. I guess we are officially back. I've had you. I've had Demon of Co-op on the show now, so it's official. We're back. <laughs> so uh, I'm just. Uh, I'm glad that uh, we can do this, and I'm happy to be back on the air. I've really missed doing the show. So I'm anxious to see how long it takes the church to uh, get their listening team back together. So probably won't take too long. They'll, they'll get them rallied. It'll take them a week or two probably. And they'll be back. Oh, yeah. So 
All right. Well, was there anything else you wanted to mention? Anything else on your mind? Um, missed late, so I'll right. save it. <laughs> All right. There's, no, that's there's good. a whole ton of things. But yeah, I mean, there has been a lot going no on. Time there. One by one, we'll get to them. So, uh, yeah. make a list. I mean, there's probably things I'm not even thinking about, but that you want to talk about. So just make a list of things that you want to discuss and we'll, uh, we'll get to them one by one. So I'm already looking okay. forward. To, I'm already looking forward to our end of year show. Who knows what's going to happen between now and then? I mean, uh, yeah. there's another general conference. There's going to be the women's session. Uh, Nelson's a, a wild card. Who knows what he's going to do or say? Um, Wow. Who knows what other allegations might come out? I mean, uh, this is a new world that we're living in, and there's a lot of shit happening. So uh, I, I just wish that more people would come forward. You know, it's sad that it can only be one person here and one person there when there's probably hundreds or thousands that could come forward and say, he did it to me, he did it to me, you know. So I guess my wish would be that more people would come forward. That would be awesome. So Yeah. Anyway, we'll have to talk off the air. I'm sorry I've been so unavailable, but my life has been hectic. So, uh, you know, the thing is, is I have to, um, when I haven't done the show for a while, it's not hard to, like, use that time for other things, like sleep and rest and who knows. And so when I come back on the air, yeah. I, I have to squeeze the show back into my life. And so that's a challenge. But I'm going to do it because I love doing this. <laughs> so someone's got to do it. We got to, you know, there's so much happening all the time that I just feel, like I've always said, I feel an obligation to, like, be on the air to talk about everything when it happens, you know. Um, so uh, anyway, the, the important thing is I'm going to be putting the shows out every day so everyone, even if they don't hear it live, they can download it and listen to it whenever they want. And that will be awesome. So... Anyway, all right. Well, hey, I appreciate it. Um, are you going to be around tomorrow? Uh, probably. Okay. I'll message you, but I should Maybe. be able to talk tomorrow. So. Maybe I'll try to see some fireworks, but other than that. Yeah, I'm going to shoot some off. Uh, I don't do the aerials, though. You know, it just makes me too nervous, man. I mean, I got neighbors all around me just shooting off like mega shit, man. And uh, yeah. I'm just going, you know, all it takes is one firework to go astray and hit a house or land in a tree or, and you're in a world of yep. shit. And uh, I'm just, I like to live a low risk life other than what I do to the church. I like to be pretty, you know, low key. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I don't know. I, I actually had a neighbor last year. This was insane. And, and uh, he's, a, he's a former Mormon. He's not active anymore for forever. And he, uh, he literally, he was drunk out of his mind. And he came over to me last year with a, uh, fireworks, like the, the aerials, you know? And he was like, dude, you got to hold it in your hand and light it. You got to shoot it off from your hand, dude. And I'm like, no, no, it's okay. He's like, come on. I'm out there with my children, you know? I'm like, uh, yeah, I really don't want my kids to see me get my hand blown off, you know? I mean, yeah. you never fucking know. And so he's like, no, dude, watch, man. And he had just like, I mean, it was like a powerful aerial, like, you know, a big one. And he was like, dude, yeah. watch. And he's like, he's holding it in his hand and he lights it. And I'm like, holy fuck. I'm like, you're nuts, man. 
I'm like, I would never do that. You know, I'm like, get, I'm like, do it over there. Like, do it over there. Don't do it right next to me. <laughs> you know? And, and he was laughing his ass off. I mean, lighting off. I mean, you know, normally you light him and you run away from him. I mean, this guy is like holding it in his hand and lighting it. I'm like, oh my God. Um, yeah, so I didn't want any part of that. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I don't think I need my hand blown off. I mean, you don't know if it's going to backfire. You don't have a clue. You don't know. I mean, it's nope. it's scary shit, man. So uh, anyway, he was just laughing. and I mean, he, you know, he wouldn't have even known if his hand did get blown off. He would have been laughing if that happened, I'm sure. But he, And he's a really cool guy. That's the weird thing is he's like... He's like a professional. He's got like a really good job, and and you know, I mean, this guy's like a, you know a really educated, accomplished dude, and he just got wasted, man. I mean, and he was doing this crazy shit. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I'd never seen that from him before. Yeah. Anyway, it was interesting, but yeah, I won't be shooting off any fireworks from my hands. So, <laughs> I mean, a sparkler. I might do a sparkler. Okay. But I'm not going to be holding like huge aerials in my hand, going, eh, "Check it out, man." Yeah, you you never <laughs> hold them in your hand. No, uh, no, man. Unless it's a sparkler, which is the yeah. one thing designed to be handheld. Yeah, the little snap things, you know, you throw on the ground, pop, you know, little pop it yeah. things. I mean, that's as far as I'm going to go with my hands. Um, but uh, I mean, hell, when you light a firework and it doesn't go off. I mean, even that, man, I'm like leery. I'm like, okay, you know, and I hurry, and, you know, I'll, I'll, at some point I'll throw it in a bucket of water or something, but I'm sure as hell not going to be, uh, like, holding huge aerials in my hand and lighting them. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I was just waiting for him to, like, get his head blown off, you know, and it wasn't just the one time. He was over at his house doing it, and, and his kids were laughing, and, and, I mean, he was doing a whole bunch of them and, and just, like, holding them up in the air, you know, and I'm like, wow. So, anyway, if I have, like, if there's, like, a tragic death in my neighborhood uh, this year, it'll be him. <laughs> so, like, shooting out fireworks, I mean, I don't know if you heard, but there was, like, a New York Giants player a couple years ago that was doing that, and he, like, blew off, you know, like, four of his fingers or three of his fingers, and, you know, and he was yeah. a big-time player for the Giants, and he put out a picture of what it looks like, you know, like, all, like two years later. I mean, it's just horrible, man. So uh, he has to wear, like, a special, you know, brace on his arm when he plays. So, uh, anyway, he warns people, don't, yeah, don't mess with fireworks. So. Yeah. Anyway, but where are you going to go? Where are they shooting off fireworks tomorrow or tonight? Like, anywhere, like, uh, big, any big ones anywhere? Well, the big one's Liberty Park, but. Okay. Are they still doing that? I heard they might have to cancel. But are they still? No, they're still doing that. Okay, good. I've been to that one years ago. I went to that, and it was a pretty good show. Yeah, uh, years ago they used to have a whole uh, day and activities and everything. Wow! Oh yeah, that's right. I mean, you know what? They used to have a. Maybe they still do it. The five K. There was like a five K there in the park, and I uh, I ran that. Yeah. I ran that they, a couple times. You know the, Yeah, the days of forty-seven. Yeah, they do still have the. That, but it's not what it once was. <laughs> yeah, okay. Interesting. They used to have a whole celebration there. Yeah. And, you know, years ago, you used to go and just camp out by the lake, and they had entertainment all day. And Huh, they don't do that now, huh? No. I know when I went around the 5Ks, I mean, it was this crazy stuff going on everywhere in the park. 
Yeah, well. That's too bad. Yeah, not now. Right. Now it's just the natives. Now they just, uh, it's left to the Indian tribes to, and they do a powwow there. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, interesting. Uh, it seems like people are, in general, are just losing interest in a lot of this stuff. Yep. I mean, I guess there's too many other choices now. You know? Yeah. They'd rather stay home and watch Netflix or Hulu, <laughs> you know, than go to the go to the park and hang out all day. So, and you know what else is happening too is there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot, like the communities are becoming more uh, tight knit or there's a lot more to do in the small communities. Like, you know, in, in Farmington, Utah, they built that mall. And so people don't really need to go like to the Layton Hills Mall or to Salt Lake because they can go to their own mall now. And so it seems yeah. like there's more going on in the local communities that they, you know, they don't need to go to Salt Lake to do because they can do it locally now. So, and, you know, and one thing that I've noticed, like, in, in Farmington is on Sundays, uh, you, you go to the, they have that mall there, um, and you go over there on a Sunday, and the restaurants are packed, people are going to the movies, uh, you know, they've had music going on, I mean, the stores are busy. I mean, it's like Sunday's becoming like any other day, even in Farmington, Utah. And yeah. it's 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 really awesome to see it. It's amazing to see that in such a Mormon community. Because you would have thought, you know, a mall open on a Sunday in Farmington, Utah, no one's going to go. It's packed. Every time I go over there, it's like, you know, I would be, hey, oh, yeah. let's go to the movies on a Sunday because there won't be anybody there. But there are people there. It's amazing. So, I mean, entire families, wives, husbands, children, you know, acting like it's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I mean, it's really good to see that. I think that the church is really, really losing its grip, you know, so. Yeah, it's just not. <laughs> it's awesome, Yeah, right? it's not what it once was. No, no, they're, they, and what's so funny but, is they keep talking like it's not happening, but it's happening, like, faster and faster and faster, and they're acting like nothing's happening. Yeah. I mean, Nelson gets up there and talks like people still give a shit, you know. Like, wow, he, he still acts like he's so important, and most people are looking at him going, what the hell is he talking about, you know? Yeah, yeah, who the heck are you? Yeah. Don't care. <laughs> exactly. He's only important to the people that care, and less people care, so... Um, yeah. I think, I think that's why he's doing some of the shit he's doing. He's trying to get people's attention, but... Uh, you know, again, I mean, they canceled the kids' parade, and a bunch of people are like, "Oh, thank God!" You know, we were we hated that yeah. thing. We got we were so sick of it. <laughs> I mean, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, wow. You mean there had? I mean, I don't know. It just seems weird. It, I mean, even in like you said, the Mormon culture, they seem to be turning. You know, even the active people, the the ones that still believe, they're like, yeah, they're kind of turning on the church. You know, so. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right, well, hey, I'll let you go. I know you want to probably get some more rest, and I'm going to go do the same, so. But yeah. uh, I started a little later than I wanted to tonight, but uh, it's all good, so. But it's uh, definitely time to call it a night, I think, so. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you for calling in. I hope I didn't wake you up. I uh, hope you weren't uh, sleeping too yeah, much. <laughs> I, well, I was asleep, and I woke up, so. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, anytime you're asleep and you wake up and I'm on the air, you're welcome to call in, so I appreciate okay. it. Okay. 
All right. Well, I'll give you a, I'll give you a jingle tomorrow. Maybe we can talk. That'd be great. So. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks again for calling in. I really appreciate it. It's been too long. So. Yeah. I, I listen back to our, our shows that you and I have done that play on the station all the time, and I'm like, damn, that was a great show. So we're, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna recapture that magic, folks, and we're gonna do a bunch of great shows for you. So. Um, you know, I mean, we just, I don't know. We've been doing this for, uh, God, when did we start? 2006, I think. Uh, yeah. so it's been what, 12 years. So we'll, uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll keep it going, man. I appreciate your loyalty. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that, oh, it wasn't the first, which was, oh, uh, church is not true. The church is not true, but I think, uh, yours was one of the, follow-up uh well then mormon stories and you know yeah i mean if you don't count the win we're like second pretty much i mean as far as yeah. like you know uh, i mean there were some flash in the pans that did like one episode or oh. two you know oh did you hear uh a week ago or that uh mike norton got arrested oh no i didn't really by the church because i mean like, uh yes Literally, it was by the church. The church called up and told the cops to arrest him for standing outside the Jordan River Temple, and they did. No shit. Wow, I missed yeah. that. Oh, my God. So uh, so guess who's getting sued? <laughs> the church? <laughs> uh, or Norton? Yeah, and... Uh, no, no, the... No, he's suing, I don't know if he's suing the church or the police, but he's suing because he has it all filmed where a church, church security guard tells the cops to arrest him, and they do. And, and, and he's like, is this really your protocol to take your orders from a... <laughs> oh, shit, man. I got to watch... private security force? I gotta watch the video. I guess sir, he has a video out there. It looks like of the whole thing. So oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So was he standing on public property when they arrested him, like on the sidewalk, or was he actually on church property? Or um, I guess that's you know that's kind of a debate. Is the so he spent five hours in jail um, for trespassing. Um, Wow, I guess he's facing six months in prison and a thousand dollar fine. Uh, first offense, no damage done. Uh, wow. Well, what have you and I said? Like, you know, we like doing the show, we like talking about this stuff, but we're never going to put ourselves in a position where we could be arrested for it. So, I, I'm just not willing to take it to those lengths, you know? Yeah. So, uh,. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know how I missed that. I mean, normally that would come across my feed somewhere. Um, oh, wow. Here's somebody who says that they were assigned to kind of watch him and everything. Oh, really? And they know when he posted the temple things and everything and said, yeah, uh, I learned too much about the church and lost my testimony. <laughs> That's what I keep saying about the listening teams for this show. Like, how long do they stay together? Like, they listen to the show every night, and they're like, holy shit, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't know that. Uh, oh, my God, really? 
we we killed innocent children. Oh man, I can't <laughs> I can't stick around. You know, I just wonder how many people have lost their testimonies over it. Um, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm gonna have to read through this. I'm looking on the LDS Freedom Forum. Are you on Reddit? Uh, not right now, but yeah. No, I mean, what were you reading the Norton stuff? Like, what site did you go to? Oh, well, I listened to uh, his, and he didn't, I listened to an interview he did. No, I mean, like, you... On Mormon Happy Hour. Where did you read, though, where, like, the person said that they listened to, or watched his videos, and they were keeping an eye on him? Oh, I just Googled Mike Norton, and it was just a thing that came up. Oh, okay. Uh, Mary Snapped. Interesting. Yeah, send me the link if you can. I'd just be curious to see yeah. that. Um, wow. Well, you know he's pushing it. I mean, you know, after all the videos he's put out, fake recommends, I mean, all the things that he's done, I mean, they got to be keeping an eye out for him at some point. I mean, I don't know how he's gotten away with it for so long. Because they're stupid. Yeah, you're right. They're idiots. <laughs> yeah, I guess it shouldn't be that big of a mystery, but... Uh, you know, I'm just saying at some point, you know, they're going to smarten up, you would think. You would think, but, I mean, apparently one guy saw him, but, uh, is the, so is that video pretty awesome? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting, they, but, yeah, they arrested him, threw him in jail for five hours and everything, and... Wow. What's basically supposed to be normal procedure is just to give a warning. Well, he has received official letters from Curtin and McConkie saying he's banned from all no, church they, properties, right? Well, uh, yeah, but uh, they forgot this. They said, yeah, you are prohibited from going on any church property or anything. And Yeah. I mean, coming to Utah, how do you know what's a church property or not? He responded back and said, oh, yeah. I need a specific list of where I can and can't go, and they did not provide the legal clarification because what they had was too vague. I, I think that the Jordan River Temple might be obvious, though. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, yeah, I, I, I remember that. Yeah. Like, he asked for that list. They didn't provide it. So, like, how would he know if he was or not on church property? But yeah. I think a temple, eh, I'm thinking that might be, you know, yeah, might be clear. Well... <laughs> Yeah, but if he can get his case out to be heard outside of the state of Utah, he probably has the case. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to tell you that there's nothing that, I, I mean, as much as I hate Mormonism and want to expose Mormonism, I will never get arrested over Mormonism. It's just not, uh, that no. that is not going to help me. Maybe it'll help the story or something, but that would really fuck my life up. So, Yeah. I mean... Uh, well, I think, yeah. I don't. I mean, would you be willing to be arrested, you know, to fight the church? I guess it would depend on what the real issue was. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be arrested outside the Jordan River Temple for recording a video asking for money. <laughs> Is that what he was doing? Yeah, he was. He was posting posting a promo for his Patreon page to raise money for his next project. Oh God! Wow. Uh, he's trying to get money to get enough, uh, translations so he can post, uh, translations of all the, of the temple site and all the different languages, internet. Hmm. Well, 
everyone's got their own way of doing things, I guess. But uh, mine will never include uh, getting arrested. So which, which I guess is, which I guess is a lot of goal. I just mm. yeah. I mean, I, I'm not willing to, you know, I, I'm only willing to go so far, and I, I just, yeah. I mean, I got my family, yeah, like, my life. It's like at some point, if church security is looking out for you, have you, you know, green screen is becoming more available to the average person. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there was a way uh, to go about it without, you know, being there. Yeah, so, yeah. But I mean, was yeah, maybe do a cheap. Cheap green. I mean, take the image, just photograph the images, and then stills, and then photo Photoshop yourself in. Well, I guess I don't know. I'm tired of with moving pictures. I don't know. But what, was he actually on the temple grounds? I think he was just right inside the gate. Oh come like on! One step. Now, see if he'd been smart. I think he was he standing been... in the gate. Okay, he should have been just outside the gate. I mean, come on, man. Be on a sidewalk, public property you know where they can't they don't you. consider the sidewalk around their temples public property oh don't they okay so that's no. i guess you'd have to be out in the street then i mean oh but they yeah. probably own the street too like they own main street right so uh-huh. uh, yeah. <laughs> so i guess you can't really even be near the temple right across right. across the street maybe oh wait they own that too okay um wow yeah, I'm going to have to definitely, as soon as the show's over, I'm going to be watching this video. I'm going to just check it out and see what happened. Um, I'm surprised they let him keep the video. I'm surprised they didn't confiscate it. But that would have been another whole big deal if they'd done that. Well, I don't think the video was being taken by somebody else, and they weren't on the church oh, okay, okay. property, and they didn't have a warrant served, and so he oh, kept okay. filming when they the police and everything. I don't think they were happy about it, but oh, I think they tried to take it and he just didn't give it up. I, I can imagine he wasn't too happy getting arrested <laughs> after all these, I mean, he's gotten away with it all these years and they finally got him. I bet he was not happy. Yeah. Uh, oh, I see that thing about I'm Mary Snap and I tracked Mike Norton. Wow. So they were officially employed by the church to track Norton. So mm-hmm. that tells you, I mean, that they do literally have people officially working for the church to track us, to, you know, follow certain people, listen to the show, you know, whatever. I mean, there are yeah. actual, I mean, that's amazing. Wow. Pretty amazing stuff. So, man. Well, so is he still facing charges then, it looks like? Oh, yeah. Man. Well, I, I guess if, uh, you know. Whatever floats your boat, if you want to get arrested for it, you know, and that's, you know, you feel like it's part of the cause or whatever, I mean, to each their own, but uh, I definitely don't ever want to go down that road, so. And, you know, there's nothing they can really do to us. I mean, we're we're discussing our opinions of the church. We're, uh, We're stating facts, you know. We can back up, you know, most of it, except for our opinions that are based on the facts, so. Uh, I mean, there's really, they really can't do shit to us. So, uh, if they would, if they could, they would have a long time ago. They can listen to us, they can be aware of what we're saying, but they can't do shit. So, yeah. You know, I mean, I've even been threatened by a church attorney, you know, if you remember my, because of my YouTube account. Um, you know, that they were gonna, I mean, I was literally told that I'm not allowed. In the email from the lawyer, he literally tells me that I'm not allowed to ever speak the name of KSL 
publicly again or they will sue me. Like, I can't even say KSL. I mean, are you serious? <laughs> I mean, good luck on that one. Yeah, I'm sure that would hold up yeah. in court. Oh, he said KSL, you know. So uh, I've, actually, uh -huh. I've actually tweeted the church, and I'm like, KSL, KSL, KSL. I'm like, sue my ass, bitches. You know, do it. Do it. I, I challenge you to sue me for saying KSL. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So, uh, anyway, I guess that was like his 50th birthday. So Mike Norton celebrated his 50th birthday by getting arrested. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, not the way I want to bring it in. <laughs> yeah, well, at least uh, it was a memorable 50th. <laughs> yeah, he'll never forget it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, he's going to, you know, and, and here's the dilemma now. Like, he's going to have to be careful. I mean, if he gets caught again or again or again, I mean, he's going to get locked up, man. I mean, if he continues to do it and they continue to arrest him, you know, if, he, if he's actually using a, a fake recommend and, and going into the temple and he gets caught. Well, he wasn't in the temple. He no, I know. He was in the gate. I know, but I'm but I'm sure yeah. he still goes in the temples. It sounds like, yeah. And if he gets caught, uh, he's going to be in a world of hurt. I mean, they're going to bring yeah. uh, they're going to bring the whole world down on him. I mean, he, you know, he is one of their huge, you know, enemies, one of their biggest enemies. So, yeah. Oh goodness, well, I'm glad you brought that up to my attention. I did not know about that. So, um, I've seen him on Facebook and stuff, but I I didn't see any mention of that. So. Anyway, uh, oh yeah, and there's the uh, interview that he did. Um, what's it called? Mormon yeah. Happy Hour? Okay, I see it. Mormon Happy Hour, yeah. All right, I got some shit to listen to now. So. <laughs> which is, yeah, which is, yeah. <laughs> so is everybody drunk on Mormon Happy Hour? Is it kind of like that, the one they did years ago where, like, everybody was wasted? And <laughs> you know? Uh, sometimes. But, yeah. Pretty could much. Could be, but not necessarily. It's, uh, and it's, and it's uh, done by women, so. Oh, really? Okay, cool. Yeah, so so it's one of the few uh, Exmo female podcasts. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> has there ever been one like an, an all female? I mean, you know, regular. Po I mean, other than like the, you know, the ones for uh, you know John DeLynn or whatever. But I mean, I don't remember any like Exmo women podcasts. Feminist Mormon housewives, and then you're a polygamy. Yeah, I don't consider them ex-Mormons, but okay. I mean, they're they're I mean the uh, they're they're so like they bring stuff up, but then they try to say okay. I mean, I don't know. They confuse me because they're so like against some things, and then they're so okay with other things. Um, but uh, I don't know. They're no order Mormons on those stuff. So. <laughs> What's that? They're more new order Mormons. Yes, yes, and I can't stand. Well, I, I would say probably New Order Ex-Mormons. Uh, that's kind of my yeah. term. I'm starting to label people okay. New Order Ex-Mormons. What the fuck is that? Well, there you go. That's what they, I mean. So the Mormon Happy Hour women, are they definitely Exmos? I mean, are they like, you know, they don't oh, believe. Yeah. That's what <laughs> yeah, I'm talking well, about. See, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. That's what I want. I want yeah, Ex-Mormon women. On, uh, yeah, with uh, regular segments on Mormon sex myths. Oh, good. And, uh. First-timer's guide to drinking, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, yeah. So, like I said, I think they're probably the first official, like, 
ex-Mormon women's, you know, podcast, it sounds yeah. like. Okay, cool. I would yeah. definitely check it out. Is it, so it's, they're pretty good shows? Uh, I just heard a couple, but yeah, okay. what I've heard so far is good. Uh, yeah, oh, and I'm glad I listened to one, their latest thing on the sex myth that helped me enjoy uh, Saturday's Voyeur. Oh, yeah, what was that? Uh, well, you've heard about uh, soaking. Oh, yes, yes. At BYU. Just stick it in. Right, right. Let it sit yeah, there. Apparently, uh, apparently now the, the two new things at BYU is backpiping and floating. Oh, backpiping? So you stick it in their ass? <laughs> I'm guessing? Uh, no, the underarm. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I heard about that. Uh, and you... this came to light with a variety of basically STD viruses in girls' arms. Oh, my God. So you bas- the guys are jerking off in the women's armpit. I mean, a few guys. Right, so they stick their dick in their armpit and jack off in their armpit, and the women are getting ST- uh, STDs in, in their yeah. armpit. Oh my God! Yeah, and yeast <laughs> infections in their armpit. Oh, good <laughs> Lord, help us! I mean, Mormonism continues oh, to yeah. contribute to the worst things yeah. in the world. <laughs> yeah, and the latest thing at BYU now is floating. Yeah, I've heard about that. That's unbelievable. Which wish... is just the same as soaking, but it's a new name. Okay, right. Soaking or floating. I've heard both. But I wish I had thought about that when I was there. Yeah, which, which it's, in, it's there, of course, but you just don't move. Right. Yeah, you just stick it in. So it's not, it's not really sex because it's just in there, but it's not doing anything. Yeah, because there's no action. It's like, that's, yeah. <laughs> Well, at least they've moved on from, like, drive to Vegas, get married, have sex, and then get it annulled. I mean, at they least... have? Oh, maybe not, yeah. <laughs> well, I thought maybe this replaced that, but maybe it didn't. Maybe they're still doing that, too. I don't know. Oh, God. Oh, they're still doing that. The problem is that they punish them if they find out they've done that. So that's the only thing that stopped it is okay. they're not getting away with it going to... I mean, how dumb... You know, I mean, how dumb. Just just do it. Just fuck, you know? If you want to do it, do yeah. it. I mean, Jesus, you know? What's oh, the... and I think, well, the other thing is, although there is a thriving uh, wedding industry in Wendover, so I think they found a shorter drive. Oh, there you go. That'll work. And then they can uh, yeah. play a few slot machines and get a few free drinks while they're there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they have a whole specific wedding room. So did, in the Wendover City Hall now. Really? So uh-huh. can you uh, you can get instantly married in Wendover? Yeah, it's still Nevada. Okay. Yeah, I thought I thought Vegas was trying to crack down on that a little bit. I, I thought I'd heard something about that, but um, for the most part, I mean, I think it's still going on. I mean, you can still mm-hmm. meet somebody, and I mean, they have the twenty-four hour, you know, chapels and. Yeah, you can stagger in drunk at four in the morning and get married, and then you can go yeah. get go get matching tattoos and then wake up in the morning and say, "Uh oh, what the fuck?" So yeah, <laughs> God bless America, right? <laughs> yeah, although that probably happens more often in fiction than real life, but yeah, probably. I, I hope so. 
I hope there I is. I mean, a... that's such a common plot line. I've seen it in so many TV shows, you know. Yeah. Well, there have been some. Uh, friends, Jane the Virgin. <laughs> right, right. Well, I remember there were, there were actually some celebrities that did the whole, uh, you know, got yeah. got married. Who was the one? Uh, it wasn't. Britney uh, Spears. That's what I thought, Britney Spears, yeah. Uh, was it Britney or Christina? One of them did. It was Britney. I'm pretty sure it, it was, was Britney. Britney. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it was Britney, and then you said it, so it must yeah. have been Britney. But, uh, yeah, it's crazy, crazy. Oh, goodness. Good old Mormonism. But what's amazing is, like, you know, my wife will be like, how can you talk about it for, like, you know, two or three hours? I'm like, I could talk about it for 10, <laughs> 10 hours, <laughs> you know? I mean, we've, we yeah. used, we've done many, how many, like, five-hour shows, six, seven-hour shows? I mean, it, it's amazing what there yeah. is to talk about. So it, it's a never-ending uh, sewer, a never-ending cesspool of stuff. And <laughs> we'll see what's next. I mean, there's always something around the corner, so... Um, and, and we'll have to talk when I have you on next time, maybe we can talk more about this. Uh, I, I did the show last night on the $25,000 donation to the affirmation. And, um, you know, I mean, all these people that are still buying into the fact that the church is, is coming around and they're softening. And I mean, it just blows my mind. I mean, it's like the doctrine hasn't changed. If the doctrine hasn't changed, nothing has changed. You know, it doesn't matter what they do on the outside. What have they done? They have not changed anything. So, yeah. you know, I mean, you can say, hey, here's 25 grand. We want to help you, but we want to excommunicate you. You're worse than rapists, child sex abusers. You know, I mean, nothing's changed. So it's all bullshit. It's all PR. That's all it is. And a bunch of dumb fucks are buying into it still, you know, including yep. uh, Dan Reynolds from Imagine Dragons, uh, Dan Ren LDS. He's still buying into this shit, you know? He's like, oh, I talked to the church, and they're so supportive. And I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, you still don't get it. He doesn't get it, you know? So, uh, but you heard about the VP of Affirmation quitting, right? Like, she, over that 25000 yeah. donation, she's like, I'm out of here. I cannot stand by and be a part of this, you know? And uh, I read her statement last night on the show, and I just admire her for having the courage to just quit and state why, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like people are finally, some people are coming around, finally. It's like, God, yeah. what does it take, man? And, and, and all it really does is create false hope in the gay community, you know, in the LGBTQ plus community. They, they have false hope. And then what does that end up leading to when nothing happens? Depression and suicide. So, yeah. in my opinion, anyone that's propping that up is just as guilty as the church. So... You know, you may think you're helping, but I think you're hurting. And, and what's even worse is when you're someone like, you know, Tyler Glenn or Dan Reynolds, uh, people trust you a lot. And so they're kind of like following them and trusting them, and they don't have a fucking clue. So anyway, yep, that's my opinion. But, you know, again, I don't, I don't, I mean, why would you accept support from the church? I mean, they're, they're the ones doing it, you know? They're the ones causing the problem, and then you're taking their support, and you're claiming it's great. You're building bridges and all this bullshit. It's anyway. We'll have to talk about it in a future show, but um, yeah, it, it's pretty distressing to me to see it because I I think it's going to lead to more suicides. Personally, you know, I mean, you you trust these guys, you think they know what they're doing, 
Um, you know, but I'm going to come back to one thing every time. The doctrine hasn't changed. If the doctrine hasn't changed, nothing has changed. So, I mean, exter yeah. externally, the church is like, oh, we love gay people. Oh, they're wonderful. And, it, you know, but internally, they're like, excommunicate that piece of shit. You know, get him, get him. Yeah. Call a court, mandatory, excommunication. Mm -hmm. You know, worse than a rapist. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, and in many cases, they force the local, you know, they'll say, oh, that was just a local matter. No, the authorities no. from on high forced Damn right. It's the coming. local leaders to excommunicate yes. people who they didn't want to. Uh, John Boleyn's a good case. Oh, like, yeah, and Kate Kelly as well, for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where the mar yeah, often the marching orders come, come from right on high. And, and who's the guy that generally shows up before the heads roll? Uh, his name is Clayton. And what's his name? Uh, President L. Whitney Clayton. I mean, he's, he's been directly involved in multiple, multiple uh, excommunications. Um, so, uh, but, uh, oh, and by the way, you remember that website, nearingcolob.com? It was a uh, really good website. Familiar. Really excellent website. It had all kinds of stuff. It's like it's gone, you know. I mean, somebody mm -hmm. got to them. I mean, it's gone, and it had so much great information. Thank God for archive.org, but not everything is on archive.org. But uh, I'm just really grateful that there's something left because it was. I used to use it all the time. It had. Um, it kept. I mean, it was. It was the one that exposed the mission presidents and how they went to the mm. five-star resorts every six months and. Um, you know, all kinds of great stuff, yeah. and, and it's it's gone. Yeah. So, anyway, we got to stick around, man, because they're picking people off. People are disappearing. Sites are disappearing. Uh, we got to stay around, man. Yeah. We got to stay. We got to be in here for the long haul. So, anyway. All right, man. Well, I'll let you go. Okay. Have a good rest of the day. Uh, Get some more rest. Yeah. I'm going to crash. I'm going to go grab something to eat and call it a morning. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. All Sounds right. Good. Oh, wow. Okay. Look at this. It's not even on, uh, it's not even on archive.org anymore. It's been completely uh. deleted from existence. Wow. I am, that is amazing. It's gone. It's completely gone. Not even, oh, man. That sucks, man. Oh, I wish I'd copied that site. Shit. Anyway. <laughs> yep, sorry, this URL has been excluded from the Wayback Machine. There you go. Wow. All right, man. Well, I will let you go. But, uh, yeah, I should be back on sure. tomorrow morning at 1 a.m. And I plan on doing a show every night, uh, you know, this week and okay. going, going forward. So I do have, uh, we're going to take a little mini vacation in August and then, a little longer one in October, but other than that, I should be uh, should be good. So, okay. All right. Well, have a good one. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate yeah. it. Okay. All right. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye. Yeah, man. I cannot believe that nearing Kolob. Uh. Wow. Is uh, gone, folks gone wow what the hell happened man he stopped tweeting back in 2016 and 
I'm not even sure if this was the official site or not, but uh, on Twitter. But nearing Koa, man, that just sucks. Well, I'm going to have to see if I can find out anything, uh, you know, see if I can pull up any of the sites or if there's anything that's cached or anything like that. But uh, that just really, really sucks. So anyway, uh, there is a, another site that looks like you did uh, archive some of the links to it, but I'll have to look into that and see. But anyway, well, I guess that's going to do it, folks. Uh, again, I really appreciate uh, Demon of Collab calling in. Uh, it's always great to have him on the show. We've been, like I said, we've been doing this stuff for uh, 12 years at least, uh, going back to two, probably 12 and a half years, uh, back to I think the beginning of like 2016, and so it's been a, it's been a great time. We've done a lot of great work, a lot of great shows, and hopefully we'll have many great ones in the future. So uh, I just appreciate everybody for. Uh, always uh tuning in and being so supportive um yeah i mean there's there's a lot to cover uh, you know i got to a few of the extra things tonight that have been in the news and it's always amazing to me just how much news there really is you know so uh i was gonna play uh last night i was gonna play the audio of packer and let me just find it here real quick again I did find it. I was like, I know I have it, and I, I ended up finding it. Um, let's see here. Ah, where did it go again? Let me just uh, hang on one moment. And this was Packer talking about, you know, that God would not make those kind of mistakes. I play it in the intro every night. Um, but uh, it's definitely, uh, let's see here. You guys need to, for those that haven't heard this, you need to hear it, you know. For those who think the church is changing and things are becoming, you know, more, they're softening and they're <clears throat> about to let gays get married in the temple and all that, well, it's not going to happen. And let's see. Oh, yeah, cleansing the inner vessel. So I've got like a one-minute clip I want everyone to hear about this. So, uh and then maybe I'll uh, I'll wrap up by playing Nelson with his clip about it, you know, where he gave the talk about how the gay hate revelation was revelation from God and that they all confirmed it and ratified it. You know, I mean, that was, I mean, right after this, right before this show started, you know, Ex Mormon Live. And uh, basically, this is show number 333, and I was talking about it in show one. So here we are. You know, 332 shows later, and it's still a big topic. So, uh, anyway, here's uh, Packer on cleansing the inner vessel. All right, here we go. Some suppose that they were preset and cannot overcome what they feel are inborn tendencies toward the impure and the unnatural. Not so. Why would our Heavenly Father do that to anyone? Remember, he is our father. Paul promised, God will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. You can, if you will, break the habits and conquer the addiction and come away from that which is not worthy of any member of the church. As Alma cautioned, we must watch and pray continually. 
Isaiah warned, warned of them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness and put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And what's interesting is they edited the uh, text of that. Um, you know, like he, I mean, they left the audio the same, but the text of it, you know, it's like, why would Heavenly Father do that to anyone? Uh, I mean, it's amazing, you know. Uh, but yeah, and then like I mentioned last night, well, then why did you put up a website, mormonsandgays.org or .com, saying that, uh, you know, that they didn't choose the attraction? Uh, I mean, it's amazing. It's just totally amazing. Let me just uh, pull this up here, you know. Uh, you know, again, like he says, some suppose they were preset, cannot overcome what they feel are inborn tendencies toward the impure and unnatural, which is homosexuality, let's be clear. Uh, not so. Why would our Heavenly Father do that to anyone? Remember, He is our Heavenly Father. So, you know, why would He send somebody down here with a penis and a vagina? Why would He send people down here disabled? Why would He send someone down here predisposed to be a serial killer? You know, you can go on and on and on. Why would Heavenly Father do that to anyone? I don't know. Why would He create flooding and earthquakes and disasters and tragedies and suffering and pain and you know, uh, droughts and disease and pestilence. I mean, why would he do that to anyone? I don't know. Why did he drown the whole fucking world? Why did he do that? Why would he do that to anyone? But yet he drowned everyone, supposedly, and the church literally believes in the flood. Um, you know, and, and, but of course, he was mindful to allow, you know, the black seed to make it through the flood because, you know, blacks needed, you know, or Satan needed representation here on the earth. I mean, oh, okay. But why would he do that to anyone? I mean, you could start asking that question over and over about a thousand things that happen on this fucking planet. Uh, so anyway, uh, let me just play real quick, uh, and then I'm going to wrap up. But I wanted to play uh, Nelson and his gay hate policy from uh, Hawaii. This was in, uh, I believe it was January 10th of 2016. And uh, Demon of Co-op and I did a great show on it that plays regularly on Ex-Mormon Radio. And it's, it was awesome. Uh, soon I'll be releasing that. But, you know, this is when he, he confirmed that it was a revelation, that it was doctrine. Because up till then, a bunch of dumbasses were speculating that, it, you know, including ex-Mormons, that it was a policy and it could change. And, you know, the New Order Exmos and the New Order Mormons and that whole movement. Oh, it's just a policy. It's just a policy. You know, but, oh, shit, it's doctrine. Oh, okay. You know, but we knew that the whole time. We said it the whole time. There's no difference. I mean, if you make a major... I mean, blacks getting the priesthood was supposedly a policy. Are you kidding me? I mean, that isn't revelation or doctrine, yet they brag about the, the revelation that Kimball got. I mean, come on. So anyway, here's Nelson in Hawaii. We'll play this, and then we'll uh, call it a night. I know this is true. I have experienced it for myself over and over again. The Lord has promised us that he will never allow the prophet to lead us astray. President Harold B. Lee declared, quote, You may not like what comes from the authority of the church. It may contradict your political views. It may contradict your social views. It may interfere with some of your social life. But if you listen to these things as if from the mouth of the Lord himself, with patience and faith, the promise is 
that the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. Yea, and the Lord God will disperse the powers of darkness from before you and cause the heavens to shake for your good and his name's glory. Close quote. You may not always understand every declaration of a living prophet. You know a prophet is a prophet. You can approach the Lord in humility and faith and ask for your own witness about whatever his prophet his prophet has proclaimed. 31 BC, many Nephites joined the church and the church prospered. But secret combinations also began to grow, and many of their cunning leaders had hidden among the people. They were difficult to detect. As the people became more and more prideful, many of the Nephites made a mock of that which was sacred, denying the spirit of prophecy and of revelation. Those same those same threats are among us today. The somber reality of Satan embedded throughout society. So be very careful about whose counsel you follow. My beloved brothers and sisters, you were born to be true millennials. You are a chosen generation, foredetermined by God to do a remarkable work to help prepare the people of this world for the second coming of the Lord. Now, as an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bore Jesus Christ, I bless each one of you as though I had my hands upon your heads with the ability to become the true millennial you were born to be. I bless you to have the desire and identity and purpose that you will expect and prepare to do impossible things, that you will be undaunted in your efforts to learn how to access the powers of heaven to help you solve your problems and answer your questions. And I bless you to follow the prophets with exactness to feel peace in your heart as you do so. I bless you to know and feel how much the Lord loves you and how much confidence he has in you. I love and sustain President Thomas S. Monson in this sacred work of Almighty God. Jesus Christ is our Savior. This is his church. We are his people. I so testify in the sacred name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, that was not the clip. Uh, that is from that talk, I believe, but it was not the clip I wanted. So I will, uh, I'll cut that clip today and play it for you tomorrow night. Uh, but there was another one I did want to play real quick. Um... Let's see here. I wanted to play the the because we've been talking about sex abuse, and I I just again this clip blows me away because it's Hinckley talking to Mike Wallace, and he's asked about women wanting the priesthood and then child sex abuse, 
and that the church doesn't take it seriously when the women report it because they're women. And I just want you guys to hear this. I mean, it's so um, just horrific. I mean, in referring to child sex abuse, Hinckley says uh, there's going to be a blip here and a blip there. I mean, he literally refers to, you know, a child being sexually abused or raped as a blip. And I just wanted everyone to hear this. So right, let me just play this for you. Now that blacks can be priests, the current issue is whether Mormon women will ever be priests. Men hold the priesthood in this church. Why? Because God stated that it should be so. That was the revelation of the church. That was the way it was set forth. Fact is, most Mormon women don't want to be priests. They accept that men control the church and dominate Mormon society. And this has triggered complaints about how the church handles child sexual abuse. Child abuse among Mormons is surely no greater than among non-Mormons. But a study has found that many Mormon women who went to their clergymen for help believe the clergy were just not sympathetic. The sociologist tells us at the root of the problem is the fact that men, in effect, in your church have authority over women so that your clergymen tend to sympathize with the men, the abusers, instead of the abused. That's one person's opinion. I, we go. I don't think there's any substance to it. Mm. Now, there'll be a blip here, a, a blip, blip there, there, a mistake here, a mistake there. Wow. But by and large, the welfare of women and children is as seriously considered as is the welfare of the men in this church, if not more so. Yeah, right. President Hinckley says the church has been teaching its clergy how to handle abuse more effectively. We're working very hard at it. There are cases. They're everywhere. They're all over this world. It is a disease. It's an illness. It's a sickness. So that justifies it when it happens in Mormonism. You know, and why are they having to teach them how to handle it? Shouldn't they know how to handle it with their divine powers and penishood and keys to the ward and blah, blah, blah. I mean, they got to teach them how to handle child sex abuse. I mean, it's a real problem when they're teaching them how to handle it when they're the abuser. That's a big problem. It's a reprehensible and evil thing. Mm. We recognize it as such. Mormon clergy are not professionals. They are not paid. The church work is in addition to their regular jobs outside the church. There you go. All right, well, that's going to do it, folks. Uh, I really appreciate everyone for tuning in. It's, uh, it's great to be back. I know I keep saying that because it really is. It's awesome to be back doing the show. And I really missed uh, doing the show. I missed you guys out there. And hopefully we can get everyone to come back and listen like you did before. So uh, thanks again. I'll be announcing on Twitter today that the show is back. And I'll be uh, putting out the two episodes, you know, from last or yesterday morning and this morning. I'll be putting those out for everyone to download. And we'll uh, be back tomorrow. So uh, take care, everybody. Stay safe and have a great Pioneer Day. Enjoy the parade. Enjoy the festivities. Uh, you don't know if they're going to cancel that next year. Uh, it seems to always be a... They like to talk about the slippery slope. Well... The slippery slope with them seems to be, uh, you know, canceling shit. You know, they got rid of road shows, missionary homecomings, farewells. Uh, now the Children's Pioneer Day Parade, which, you know, ran for 80 years. And they're like, fuck it. We don't care about that anymore. Uh, I mean, they couldn't even just make changes to make it better or simpler. They just get rid of it. You know, it's all or nothing. Yeah. 
you know the old saying, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater? I mean, hell, they throw out the whole tub, you know? They don't care. Uh, it's whatever's inconvenient for them. It's just less to worry about, less to keep track of. I mean, there's no, there's no debate, you know? Like we were talking earlier in the show, when the prophet speaks, the thinking is done, the debate is over. And so it's not like they negotiate or discuss it. They just say, okay, kids pray, done, and it's done. That's it. Uh, and if you question that, then, you know, you're, you're breaking Oak's golden rule of, you know, you can't criticize leaders of the church, even if it's true, you, you know, and you're, uh, you're hostile and you're full of the devil and, you know, you can't ever question anything. Um, you know, like Ballard says in the lipstick talk, you don't even need to think about or worry about anything Trust everything they say. Don't question a thing. Uh, they can't lead you astray. They'll always be right, and, and you will always be wrong if you question them. So there you go. All right, well, I'm going to play a, a goodie but an oldie. Uh, this is the song I used on my uh, Exposing Mormonism podcast, and I had actually contacted the band. They're called Freak House. I'm not sure if they're even still together right now, but uh, they did a great song called Liars, Inc., and uh, it's just perfect. If you listen to the words, it fits perfectly this show and everything we talk about. I mean, they are definitely, we like to call them Mormon Inc., but they really are Liars Inc. So this, this should be like the theme song for Mormonism right here. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and play that, close it out. And uh, again, thank you, everyone, and we'll see you again tomorrow morning. Take care, folks. <laughs>